welcome to episode 50 of the Virgin Heresy podcast. My name is Jody, I'm also known as Painted Chap Online, and with me tonight, and on this recap of our most majestic journey so far, are my two beautiful co-hosts. Now, sitting to my virtual left is the man who keeps us all on track, the man who keeps us organised, and basically keeps us pointed in the right direction for you, our listeners, and that is the wonderful Mr. Christopher. How are you doing, my friend? You forgot my title of Cat Herder. Well, I was I was trying to allude to Cat Herder on top of on top of everything without being as specific, because then you want some sort of pay or pay rise. Take your pick. Um, Fair so, <laughs> how I, you doing, buddy? I have to settle for title for now. Well, I'm better than I've Good. been in a while, and that's not something to sniff at, so to speak. Awesome, man. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Uh, so life is treating you better as well in general. Well, it's going for, going the right direction. That's I, the way. I had a bit of a illness going, and I'm finally starting to hopefully see the end of it. Even though it took about three and a half months to get completely out of it last time. Oh, nasty! Well, hopefully it gets kicked out of there as soon as possible for me. But I really hope so. And yep. then. I will say on my right, as always, is the man, the myth, the legend, the uh, the man who we could spend the next ten minutes picking up, but it's much easier to say he sits atop the throne here of the 30k Sweden scene. It is the the one, the only, Mr. Hashtag Perfection, Freddie. How are you doing, buddy? Excellent, excellent. Not even perfection? Uh, well, I, I'm so way past perfection right now. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. So you, you're about two thirds of a glass past perfection right now, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Getting awesome. there. Soon, soon I'll go zero zero on you. <laughs> <laughs> triple zeros. It's fucking triple zeros everywhere. I it's how we see, roll, I man. I still see that there's a t-shirt in there somewhere for, but what? Uh... There is always t-shirts yeah. if you know me. You need to bring one to JP next year on how to roll triple zeros. Yeah, hashtag triple zeros. You just have to believe hard enough, and it will happen. <laughs> believe and believe it, it will happen. I mean, hell, that's that's how we happen to have first edition heresy on the way. We that's believed, true. and it's happening. Exactly. Well, then with lucky for Ryan, we believed for him as well. So. We, well, we always believe in Ryan. That's that's the truth. Uh, let's get some stuff out of the way before we get on to the, the absolute nugget that is going to be this episode. And that is, let's get our social medias out of the way. So first, come and give us a like and follow what we're doing on the Varangian Heresy podcast page on Facebook. We've also got a group attached to us, which is the Vangarian Heresy podcast no, group. Varangian Heresy, not the Vangarian Heresy. Did I say Vangarian? The oh, Hungarian Heresy. The Hungarian. It's starting to be as bad as the Hino boys. Do you know what the worst bit is? I haven't even been drinking. I'm allowed to drink now, and I haven't even been drinking. I have no excuse for this. See the Varangian... Yeah, I've not been drinking. That's the problem. Um, the Varangian Heresy podcast. It's not like we've been doing this for a while. The Varangian Heresy podcast group, even. You can come and join us. Um, we're also on Twitter, at Varangian Heresy. Uh, we're on Instagram, at Varangian Heresy, all one word. And then we've got our email address, which is Heresy at gmail.com, which is where you can send just about anything to as long as well actually we've got real no stipulations on that have we let's be fair we just want more emails that's not that's not about improving our soundcloud uh, 
listening rates or event special apps. Yeah. We mostly get these days. Isn't it great? Um, so, yes, come and drop us an email if you have something you want us to talk about, something you want to advertise as far as a 30K event is concerned, or if you have anything you want us to review, lists, anything along those lines, get in touch, and we will or more than happy to do that. Profile, you know. But please mark that for, for the attention of Freddie, because he's always looking out for new materials for the Real Doll collection. So more on that later. <laughs> exactly. Well, as we said, on tonight's episode, our... Our topic is it's been 50 episodes of heresy for us here at the Vrangian Heresy Podcast. So we're going to have a bit of fun in our main topic tonight, looking back over a number of things. Um, we're going to be looking back at you know, the heresy whilst we've been around, um, our experiences from the podcast, lots of other tangenty banter, as I'm sure we'll be doing. And we do have some questions from listeners. Some of them are great questions. Some of them are questions. Max questions. Max questions. I was going to say I was going to say less than optimal, but then again, I don't want to, don't want people to think that we we're, we're disregarding what they put out for us because we we love them. We're not disregarding uh, what people put out for us. We're disregarding what Max puts out for us. Exactly, but I, I, I was I wanted to cover our entire you know question sending audience at that point. Um, and and then, then not to worry, people, but Max is scum. He knows it. Well, he does know this at least. He sees see the signs. We try and do our best over yeah. here. So we, Ma- Ma- Max is trade out. people. He's just trade people. He's a trade person, is he? Yeah, he's a trade person. Yeah, Max, Max, Max prefers uh, movement trace for everything. He definitely does. And, uh, <laughs> and then we're going to get into our wrap-up, where we're going to start talking about what's coming up in the the year to come for Heresy, as we start shouting out new events that are on their way, and we start dropping some details, more details about our Ranching Heresy event series 2018, which we're very much looking forward to sharing with you guys. So... First up, because I think it's extremely important, what's everybody been doing in the hobby? Start with you, Chris. What have you been doing that's, that's hobby-related in, in, well, in any way form? Well, what I've been doing is, yeah, been sick. There is that, yep. I've also so been... Is that, is that, can we class that as Nurgle research? No, it's, it's more auditorial or audible related, so it might even be a Slanesh curse, you never know. Slanesh or warp transit, maybe. Yeah, I couldn't stand, couldn't stand the sound levels. Yeah, De- oh, definitely <laughs> Slanesh. Definitely the effects of the, effects of, uh, the cacophony on normal human ears. That's what you've been studying. Well, yeah, at least my brain didn't melt. This is good. This is very good. <laughs> I've also been working quite a bit on something that's painting related, but not 30k related. Oh well, do share, do share. It's worth it's hobby in the end of that. Which oh, is it's my Mustang diorama that people who follows me on what's it called Instagram. That's what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta remember what it is. Gotta remember what it is. Well, how can they see this Chris Mustang? How can they see this Mustang uh, work of yours, my friend? What, well, they, what, could, they, uh, they could either look up me up at Instagram at, at Project Nevendor or search Facebook for Project Nevendor because I do a post on those. And I'm currently working on a 65 Mustang Fastback. Nice. Sadly, it's it's only model scale and not an actual yeah. 60, uh, 65 Mustang Fastback. Yeah, sadly, it isn't. It is a 124 scale, but... One day, perhaps one day, even though my fiance actually prefers the 
hardtop version. Uh, is, are you locked in on that whole fiance thing? Just you know, because you know she could be really wrong about that. I'm just saying. I tried to convince her that she's really wrong about it, but yeah, you can't have everything, can you, mate? At, you least, there, so... at least there's quite a few of them in Sweden that can still be bought quite quite relatively cheaply if you want to put it like that. It's not like American cheap, but it's quite cheap for Sweden. Still relatively cheap. Well, that's okay then. It's something. Yeah, but we've been working on that. As in, for, for the rest of the world, it's fucking expensive. Yeah, it's about uh, 180k, which is relatively cheap in Sweden. Yeah, this is true. There's this also is those very... that cost 440k, which is about $50,000. Did you say yeah. they cost 40k? Uh, 440k, <laughs> so it's even more 40k than 40k. That, that, that's when you've got you've got the uh, girlyman girlyman marines that are basically. Yeah. Pressed out, killed in a battle, and then start again. Hey, I mean, does, the ones that put the skim... soul of a warrior in a suit of armor. Yeah. It better fucking skimmer and have heavy stubbers on it, for it's yeah. no deal. Heavy stubbers are awesome, aren't they? Yeah. Nah, but yes, uh, they I've been working on this little project because it's a break from hobbying where I don't really know exactly what I'm going to do currently anyway. But you do have a couple of plans in, in your yeah, mind. I do. Yeah. I do. One you of do. Those, uh, and you're constantly trying to get me to give you my Daradeo as one of them. You don't, you don't need it. You're not using it anyway. Yes, I do. No, you're not having it. God damn it. Now it's on a recording. I can just play it as a soundbite. Wait, you're recording it. Shit, I can't. Whoa. Damn it. I shall have to edit this myself somehow. Well, you, have to, you have to think about it this way. Like, he, seriously, if you take the Daradeo away, it's not like he can afford any other miniature ever again, so... Let him have the Daredevil. Yeah, that's true. I might yeah, also true. have planned for, to buy two of them. Wow, if you're just going to be like that then, I mean, Jesus. <laughs> well, I need you one know what I'll do? I'll, I'll, I'll buy three and just melt them down. Just, no, he's going gonna, gonna to do a Voltron Daredevil. Yeah. Form up. <laughs> Three Daradeo, two Daradeos become one giant Daradeo or a Pophyron, maybe, or something. Who knows? <laughs> It becomes something. So, let's move on. Freddy, what have you been doing? I have gone to BSK, and I've played. And also, I have put together 30 solar solar auxiliar marines. Oh, actually, that's not true. Uh, 30 I, solar auxiliar marines? That's impressive. Solar aux. Actually, that's not true. I'm lying. I put together 20... Eight and a half because I'm currently glued to one of them. So, so just one second, Chris. Yeah, Chris, can you try and find a snippet of that shame bell thing from Game of Thrones for this point? Possibly. Thank you very much. Just wanted to get that. Anyway, carry on, please, Freddie. Please carry on. Yeah. So, hobby has been terrible. Well, actually, when did we record? Was it prior to BSK? Prior to BSK. It's been a while. So did I mention that I finished that Mechanicum and Death Guard and all that other shit for BSK? Did you, Probably fix, not. did you ever fix the arms on the Castellax? Uh, yes, I did. Good. That's good. Did that'll I, make, that'll make a number of readers happy, or listeners happy, I should Oh, say. and when I was super drunk, I did that Herald for the for my... Uh, um, <laughs> black Shields. <laughs> that was yeah, awesome. It's still covered, it's still no covered long, with blood. It's no longer a Black Shields army, it's more of a Cornet Brotherhood. Yeah, I think so, because it's been trenched in blood. Baptized in blood. Very yeah. much so. 
It's an it's sort of extension of the Serena D'Angelis method. I think so. And also I have uh, reorganized all my solar exilia for Adepticon. Nice. Sweet. And I accidentally ordered too many solar exilias because I didn't know I already had heaps of them in my attic. So you've got extra, extra solar auxilia models right now. Yeah, unnecessarily many. <laughs> oh, that's pretty awesome. It's never, it's never a bad thing to have too many models. That's just true. When, when you don't have anything to do with them, oh, to and be fair. I've, I've uh, inventoried 90% of all my epic stuff. I realize I have fuckloads of epic. <laughs> cool. That's never a bad thing either, to be fair, is it? That's true. It's never, it's never a bad thing. And that's it, like, seriously, I haven't done that much in person. Wow, I, I, I might possibly be able to out-heresy you for once. Yeah, Maybe. Well, got to do it every now and then. Keep us all uh, keep us all on track. <laughs> I mean, I've been too busy com- convincing my wife that I'm, no, just because I'm going to a warmer place soon, I'm not going on a fucking holiday. <laughs> I should be happy if I come home in one piece and not in a... Like and not bag. actually going to a warmer place, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. In a more yeah. biblical sense. Yeah. yeah. For once. Anyway. Um, so, what yeah, I guess it's my turn, isn't it? Yep. So, what have I been up to? Okay. Um, so, pre-BSK, I painted up a commission, which was a Reaver Titan for Freddy. And uh, that was done and done. The Ferramori, which was a absolutely gorgeous model to work on. I had lots of fun painting it up. And delivered to a happy client, uh, I believe, because you had a lot of fun playing with it at the event. Um, Just be happy you didn't drive on. No, just kidding. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Uh, That's good, though. Uh, it lived the last time. No, actually, uh, I loved it. And you have had, I don't know if you have had time to listen to all the other podcasts, but you have got some fucking good feedback on it, so. I haven't had a chance to catch up my podcast backlog, but yeah. I do appreciate it from the guys. Thank you very much. Um, so I also managed, you. yeah, I also managed to, for my own force at that point, I managed to knock out a repaint of my uh, of ten Terminators and a Typhon for that event as well. Uh, managed to knock those out to tabletop, so I was quite happy with that. Um, I then I played at BSK, which was absolutely awesome fun, um, and we'll talk about that in a bit, a little bit later, I'm guessing. Uh, what else did I do? I've been working on some more commissions at the moment on my desk. Um, I've got a custodies commission um, for Painting Chap, which is my commission service. Nice little plug in there. Um, and so I'm working on that at the moment. And I, I picked the models up, so I, I was looking at those that the week after BSK. I've uh, also started... Uh, base uh, base coated a fell blade which I now own. Thank you, Freddie. Um, and put together and base coated two homemade Medusa, uh, which will go in my Iron Warriors list for Eric's event, which is coming up this weekend. I have guested and co-hosted the Boys of the Golden Throne podcast uh, with Teo and AJ, um, as uh, AJ is currently relocating to. Um, Germany, so he's going to be effectively local to us. Um, so I jumped on to help Teo out, which was a lot of fun. And um, yeah, I've just been uh, picking up some more 
actually, to be fair, picking up a lot of commi- a fair amount of commission work and just getting stuff put together for stuff around my website and stuff like that, which is kind of hobby related and kind of work related, workish related. But it's hobby, so I'm going to squeeze it in there and try and get away with it without anybody noticing more than I've already said. Yeah, um, and I literally, thanks to Axel uh, Thrumpfer, Axel, he knows who he is, has donated a copy of Book 7 Inferno to me. So I currently have a, a copy of Book 7 sat on my lap, and I'm looking at it and trying not to drool. And, yeah, I, I'm very close to starting either a um, Thousand Suns or a Space Wolves army already just by looking at the colour plates in here, because they're gorgeous. The only thing is that we wouldn't let you... That I apologise for. You're just, you're just trying to emphasize a point by throwing things at the microphone, aren't you? Actually, it's not allowed, so, man! So, so, so if I can mention the space wolf... Actually, I tipped the microphone it. over. <laughs> oh, so you just... Uh, what, you table-flipped at the thought of me doing a new army? Uh, the thing is, I was going to say that we would never let you, pl- let you play with them. Aw, you bastards. Unless you but, were playing uh, a Prospero game. Uh, okay, yeah, fair enough. Well, they, they, they won't... They, the custodies and stuff like that, yeah, I can understand. But space wolves aren't that bad, not compared to the boys in gold. I just don't like them. Oh, fair enough. But you know, I, I'm going to do my best to avoid bolter purses. They they assaulted a loyalist world and got away with it. You can't really be happy with them for that. Fake news. Fake news. There's totally not. There's totally yeah, fake that's news. that's uh, not the version that uh, Ross wants to go with, but everyone else basically do. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, oh, do you so, mean yeah. that Ross's hair is, isn't actually, actually attached to his head? And it should right. be a slightly more orange colour? Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on. So, uh, yeah, I've been fortunate. I've been very fortunate to have some nice stuff happen and played a great event and had lots of fun painting stuff for other people and got a lot more in the works. So that's been my hobby so far um, since we last recorded, which has actually been quite a, fa- quite a bit. So I'm pretty happy with that. So yeah, it's good, good to see you guys picking up pace. Well, picking up the pace and just trying to make up for um, for you know try and fill the gap in airtime basically uh, <laughs> with, with your slightly reduced workload because you've been extremely busy. So uh, yeah, we do our bit for you, Freddie. We try our best. I'm doing my part. <laughs> yeah, are you doing yours? Would you like to know more? Um, and I would say we've we've also just on the hobby front, we will talk about it. In the wrap-up, we just had a very nice conversation before we came on air uh, with Henry Steele from The Cult of Paint. Uh, there will be more on that to follow later on. So a little bit of a teaser there. Shall we Shall we get on to some listener feedback? Because we've had some very that, directed that depends feedback. if you want to do that or if you want to actually talk about the event you both went to. Because you Don't fucking stick to Chris's plan. Just do what the fuck you want, Joe. Well, so I am be, doing what be the fuck that I want. guy. I, I am be being that guy. guy, which is why I want to talk about beards because that's a, that's a yeah. subject close dear to my heart. And there's someone that's uh, really close to being cut out of the episode. Which one of us? <laughs> that's just going to be snippets of me talking and then waiting for feedback. <laughs> Fair enough. So let's do the listener feedback. Yeah. Get that out of the way because it's important and it's a it's a subject close to my face and Freddie's face when he's not on on duty and. And Chris's face as well. You, you, you beard, don't you, Chris? Yeah, but my mustache okay. is the is the most glorious part of it. 
Okay. Um, Well, fair enough. Go take your pick. Do you want to read through the the feedback we've had, Chris, and we can can address this controversy? Well, I'm just going to put it in front of me so I can actually read it properly. Always a good... This is listener feedback, and that is, Hi guys, I'm a bit disappointed with all the beard talk that you keep going on about without mentioning the preeminent beard enthusiasts from Australia, the Beards. An Aussie band which has been going strong since 2005, focusing solely on beard-related music. Which songs such as You Should Consider Having Sex with a Bearded Man, It Only Takes Two Weeks to Grow a Beard, and If Your Dad Doesn't Have a Beard, Then You Have Two Mums. Check them out on YouTube. Uh, next episode, let's hear them on the podcast. Beard on, guys. Doug. That's Doug. A, that's a really nice bit of listener feedback that we have had lately. That is, Doug. We we hear you. We we recognise our failings in not locating a band specifically called the Beards and understanding them. And since receiving this feedback, I personally have, have listened to a number of the songs, and they're fucking hilarious. Um, so yes, I feel that we may have, I may personally have missed out on something here, and um, we are we w- we will look to maybe rise to the challenge a bit more in the future in regards to the music. But um, this is this is very serious, something very serious. I mean, these are very serious topics that we should be looking at. I mean, you know, you should of course you should consider having sex with a man with a beard with a bearded man. It is like you know, the best way to do things. Um, obviously. If you're a woman, preferably. In my case, I don't know about anybody else. I'd prefer a woman than anything else. Um, it only takes you, two weeks you, to grow you, a beard. Yeah, it's Sweden, let's be honest. Um, it only takes two weeks to grow a beard. Well, it depends what you class as a beard. Um, and if your dad doesn't have a beard, then you've got two mums. Controversial. Controversial. But, you know, I don't disagree. <laughs> but I think uh, someone has missed... Uh... The entirely beard-based song I put on the show two episodes ago, which is all about wanting it to and then growing a beard. It might have had something to do to do with it. It was like Eastern European metal. That might have confused Eastern a few European, people. Central European. It's Central Austri- European. It's an Austrian Austrian yeah. band singing in uh, Russian. Stop being um, stop being fucking ignorant, Jody. Ignorant. Ignorant. ignorant or ignorant, because if we're talking, we, we talk that becomes like a tattoo talk. If we're talking about inks or painting, take your pick. Uh, ignorant. Okay, I'll stop. Be, I'll stop being yes. ignorant. If and also, talk. also, I'll take some some of the blame. Like last time, I heard the beards was like on the ele- in the elephant in the wheelbarrow in Melbourne. So I should have probably brought it up. Sooner. Yeah, con- considering you're like ninety, like a ridiculous percentage Aussie, or or at least you know. Really, well. Currently, I'm more percent Scottish. Fair enough. Well, yeah, that's, just, a, that's a, just liquid. That's percent. a whiskey. Con- <laughs> Isn't that where it counts? No. Okay, fair enough then. But uh, yep. Yeah, so yes, Doug, we hear you. Uh, the music is great, and we will be seeing what we can do on that front. I think that's only fair. Uh, and to be fair, we we are, we weren't the only podcast called out on this, but I'd like to think I that think we might they, be the first one to address it. Yep. That's because one of the other ones that were called out don't record that often. Good. So we're going to get in there by default. <laughs> default. Default. It's the way forward. Um, currently, so, yes. I'm actually having a beard. So. You're currently having a beard. Well done, sir. Well done. Um, 
you know, at I, least the beard I, ratio on the podcast is up. Well, so do I, so currently. A beard trifecta. We are perfect. Hashtag perfection. But usually it's enough for you to have the beard because... I've got enough beard for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is true. Let's not go into other meaning of beard. Let's not, because that, that would be very sad and not somewhere we need to take this conversation. Well, we, we already have, like, divided our workloads. You have enough beard for us. Yep. I have enough beers. And yep. then Chris has enough. What? What's your Chris? Uh, fuck knows, but... Uh, and uh, to be discovered. If, if, and Chris uh, has if, enough fuck knows. Yeah, if anyone knows what I actually have, you can send it in, a, in an email or a message. We can uh, see what we can... To, to, let, to, to let Chris know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> perfect. So then, then, thank you very much again. Uh, let's move on to the next bit. We went to an event, didn't we, Freddie? Yes, we did. Fuckers. We did. We went to BSK. And I'm not even going to attempt to mispronounce where it was or, or the Boros, actual name. Boros. Thank Boros. you, Chris. In Boros. In Boros, yeah. It was a Boros event in Boros. Impressive, that. Um, you know, when they do things in the name of the place that they're doing things. And I was supposed to go, but about three days before the event, I got a lovely note from my doctor saying, uh, go and fuck all, basically. <laughs> yeah, it ain't going to happen, which was sad, because it would have been fun to have you there. Um, but then you get to ask us lots of questions about the event as we talk about it, which is always good. Do um, I? <laughs> well, you can if you want to. Um, so, I would actually like to hear you guys do a short review of the event. What do you think about it and how you did and stuff like that? Well, efficient synopsis, kind of short, or an actual review of the event? Well, review as in it should be about 200 words if it were written. Oh, God. Right, okay. But uh, it's as it is spoken a few minutes each, perhaps, so we can get your thoughts on the event and maybe... Why people should attend the next one. Cool. Freddie, do you want to lead the way of that one, buddy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was awesome. I, I, I like the inclusion, inclusion of cards, but in the end, that's because I'm, I'm, I'm a card guy. Uh, I thought it was really tasteful, and I like I like the whole uh, the generals kind of the different things that uh, fit with the narrative, which was really good as well. And I liked how different missions affect the narrative and that was cool and well it was, it was a classic like they have a couple of concepts that really works well it's the whole like uh, every single mission gives you a set amount of victory points until the last one where every single victory point counts as uh, as a campaign point which even though if one side leads a lot it doesn't really matter until you come into the last round which, unfortunately, because of my Titan, wasn't really well because my Titan was... Everyone sacrificed the two small missions to fuck over my Titan, so <laughs> it was really broken for the last mission when it really mattered when every single point count. But, yeah. That, that was just... It was a trial to uh, sort of set out how a Titan can work in a narrative mission, and I, and I felt it was like... Seriously, two out of three games, like... It got completely destroyed and stomped on. And the last game, it didn't get stomped on because due to the, the mission, they realized quickly that if they killed everything else, they will end up with more victory points in, instead of just losing all the points on the Titan that was already seen the damage. So. Yeah, it was, I must good. admit, 
have and to have started, to say, and it started from, fucking Titan fever in Sweden. So. It may have, yeah. <laughs> it may have. So, yeah. Uh, could you tell us a bit more about your special mission? Because you had a special mission uh, yeah. because you brought the Titan, you could only had to do other things than everyone else, basically. Yeah. So what, what happened was uh, after talking with uh, Niklas and Matthias and Eric, I used to ask them casually, like, could, could I just bring a Reaver Titan for the event, and we can do something, you know, special for it. Let's not make it like it. It's not going to have any D weapons. It has like a fist, and it has the Magna Melter, which is probably, you know, the worst weapon you can have on it. Because even armored ceramite can stop it. <laughs> which Nicholas powerfully made when I could only glance his fucking Malkadors on sixes. Um, yeah, given the crazy. size of that weapon, it's quite silly. That, yeah. yeah, it would literally yeah. be easy to step on them. Yeah. yeah, well, and do more in, the end, in the end, that was the way to win stuff, was just walking forward and stepping on the shit. But, and they agreed to it, and what happened was uh, they made me a special force org uh, with special rules. I had to run Death Guard and uh, Mechanicum, and I couldn't, like, I basically had, like, a console and the sheep as Mechanicum Mag- Magos, some just fucking vanilla uh, two vanilla tactical squads, 10-man each, and then uh, three vanilla Thalax and two vanilla Castellax. And that was basically my army and, and Reaver. Just so I could actually complete some of the missions where you needed to have uh, infantry troops to do stuff. Um, and the thing, I, the thing that made it special was that I had uh, Titan missions, which is that I got uh, different victory points, because it's really hard to some of the missions was really hard to do and to score victory points because I had so low troop count. So instead the Titan scored extra victory points if he completed stuff, which was really cool. And that helped out balancing the game. Like uh, when I lost against Bjorn in the first game, I only lost like uh, 9-7 and that was because of the Titan missions, which kind of balanced it out. Uh, And then I also had like a set number of resource points. So every time the Titan died, I had to spend uh, an amount of resource points, and but the problem was during the entire uh, event, I could only respawn the Titan once, and then I then I started had to choose like you know how many hull points do I give? Do I get my weapons back fully functional? And, and you know I had to work around with the resource points to try and make it work. So by the last battle, I was like down on half my hull points when I started because I wanted all my weapons functioning. So. So it's kind of interesting. Do you think that was a good uh, system to run for the Titan? It was okay, but it wasn't needed because fuck the Titan is like it, unless you rock the all fucking three triple Ds, it is not that powerful, and it, and it can't score that many victory points, and it's really hard. I think the only game he earned back the point value. Well, actually, okay, he, he did it because he managed to stomp Corex in the last game. <laughs> but so so he, he went plus my... Like, the only time he actually made back more points than he cost was against Nicholas at uh, Don't Lose Your Head. All did the other you, games, like, he, he never made back his point values. But did you have some... Did you have any uh, fun uh, fun moments that sort of happened with him? Yeah, no, no, it was fuckloads of fun, like against Bjorn. Uh, the same same initiative he stomped 
uh, as Gurley Man fucking hit him with his power fist. They they killed each other, so that was fucking <laughs> epic. Uh, against Nicholas, the the thing that eventually killed him in the end was they retarded because he hammered breath like a fucking Malfador and it scattered on top of him and hit him with like a D blast and caused extra damage, and that in the end made him die to uh, Nicholas shooting. It was fucking epic, and and also it was super epic too. Like, oh fuck. The only thing I could do now to even get any points is I need to stomp Corax and, you know, he needs to basically fail two lookouts or lookout sirs and he needs to, like, I need to roll six. He needs to fail uh, I need two lookout sirs and then I need to roll a fucking, you know. So, so it was like all these ifs maybe and it actually pulled it off. But, you know, it made the game much funner that it actually happened, so. Awesome. I mean, see, it was. I must say, from my uh, excuse me, a bit of a cold. But I was list when I was uh, on the, a table next to you. Um, it looked like a whole lot of fun. I saw. I saw templates going down. I think it was your game against Nicholas. I saw templates going down. I said, "Yeah, go on, screw about your jump, jump templates." And then suddenly, what the hell's happening to that Titan? <laughs> and see, see, you count things down. It's like, wait, what? Um, so it seemed like it seemed to be a lot of fun on both sides uh, with those Titan games. I think the the extra missions uh, really hurt some armies, like uh, Nicholas's army. It did, but uh, against like Bjorn's army and against Linus's and Andre's armies, those extra points, I almost got none for my Titan missions. Um, so they, they were, they, you know, they they were good. Like they, like they, they could be tweaked a bit more. The resource points doesn't really need needed to happen because the titan is like as long as you don't it it basically depends on how you kid out the titan and if you don't go fucking nuts with it it doesn't really matter they could have restricted so. that in other ways then basically yeah well i i kind of self-restricted it because I'm, I'm doing the like a name titan that has a set piece of armament yeah. so yeah, but I was thinking from the, tier, from the event organizer's point of view, you could have just limited the kind of weapons it could have brought anyway. Yeah. And uh, had the same, basically the same effect, what I'm hearing. But on the but, other hand... But I think, like, because, yeah, it was the first time someone brought, like, a Titan to a game where, where it was all about narrative and it wasn't really... But, it, like, everyone knew about it because we, we kind of announced it in advance so there was, like, no surprises and shit, so... And yes, then the general, general can pick whoever wants to fight the night and crew. I think it was the, um, I think the, one, one of the pieces of feedback I heard from, um, who the hell was I talking to? Uh, I think it was actually to Bjorn Halverson. <coughs> There's that uh, one of the, uh, one of the things is when they, a lot of the loyalist teams didn't have a lot of armor capable or armor, you know, armies capable of dealing with high amounts of armor which was kind of surprising actually um because as i said i said to him i was a bit surprised at that after the whole scorpius thing um you know obviously for those who remember at scorpius we did have a, a knight household that was due to come on the traitor side and uh sadly um that didn't happen so a lot of the loyalists had sort of uh prepped to face that and it, it didn't sort of show up uh, in the list because we also had um, 
Bjorn, who was uh, running the night house that he won as part of the, the raffle, or as I like to refer to, the luckiest ticket this year. Um, <laughs> yeah, he bought lucky. the last ticket for the raffle. He did, yes. The luckiest ticket by this year. Um, and uh, so I was a little that, surprised. I just that's also that you can see for the next year. That could be you if you bought, even buy the last ticket. It could be you. I get the feeling we're going to have we're raise zero money until the last second, and everybody's going to be trying <laughs> to buy the last ticket now. <laughs> it would just be a nightmare, but it could happen. Um, so, I mean, is just as Chris has been talking about sort of feedback to the guys, is there anything that, um, from your point of view, running running the Titan that you would uh, sort of... No, no, no. What, what, what I think is a feedback generally to the other players. Uh, yeah. It is most people that said that they couldn't deal with the Titan. Like, I faced Andre, and fuck his, his multi-melters and shit. They could have fucked me over badly because uh, there's no armored ceramide on the fucking Titan. Like, uh, not in the Reaver class or below. The only thing uh, they're immune against is haywire. So. Yeah. You can even put in a few chain fists in it, in Terminator armor, and it deal quite a yeah. lot of damage. Titan. Yeah, well, fucking, even though Girly Man hit him on sixes, he was the one that brought him down, so... <laughs> it is, it's not impossible, and, and I think that people... I think it, it, it was the whole, you know, oh, a new shiny things, and everyone's like, oh, it's a fucking title, that must be impossible. And, uh, yeah, it was a bit of that, because eventually everyone that met me is like, oh, ooh, fuck, it's not that tough. Pretty easy. Yeah, and then then imagine how easy a Warhound is to kill people who are afraid of them. Yeah, yeah Warhounds are retarded. Easy. Yeah, they, they're basically like a slightly more armored knight. Yeah, they are an up-armoured knight. Face. Well, not even up-armoured. Um, They've uh, got uh, void shields instead of uh, flare shields, or what, the knight shield. But yeah, the, yeah, the knight shield. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, again, it was it was definitely a buzz. I mean, you, as you said, you were there the night before. I, di- I didn't get up until the actual day of the event, um, but there was a, a lot of buzz when it was out, and people loved it and lo- loved the display the base that you'd put together for it with your your other guys as well and it was it was definitely a talking point about for people to go out and, and sort of face and yet, which I thought was rather one of awesome. the few photos of it is with uh, quite a crack in the background yeah yeah there is that <laughs> there is that as well which I've got to love the the, the timing and the, the picture composition of that. Well, well done, Nicholas. That was a great picture. So, <laughs> I'm going to ask you then, Jody. What do you think? Yep. What, how did, what was your experience of the event? I thought the event was a lot of fun. It was a really good, really good fun event. Um, the sort of break because they, there was a break between. You had the option to play. Um, or oh, let me start again. The organisers asked for people who were interested in playing Zone Mortalis uh, because they were running some Zone Mortalis boards um, which were actually played two, uh, two versus two. Uh, I put my name up because I thought it would be fun and it was a great way to start the game and it was something that had a big effect on the game overall. Uh, basically, in that game, it was a case of uh, destroying power generators and if you did that, then uh, night fighting would be in effect on a number of the tables permanently for the rest of the game, rest of the, the day. So that was kind of nice, being able to, uh, you know, have mission objectives that affected um, the event. It was really, really fun to do that. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Um, 
I think one of the one of the pieces of feedback I would give in general for all of the missions was um, the ones that I played is um, how how easy it was to but how potentially easy that's not fair how potentially um, easy it was to achieve the objectives quickly um, because of the way that the the deployment zones and everything worked. Um, in Zone Mortalis, for example, I was able to, uh, we, with these particular power generators, we, allow, we were able to place them down ourselves, um, you know, sort of like one in the center and then both both sides placed two, um, kept roughly in the center, and then we had a um, two-foot by four-foot deployment section. And I, my, my army, for example, was deploying first because you had one of, the, one, of the, one of your side's armies deployed first, the other one deployed from reserve. So I had Jimmy playing with the, his Emperor's children. He went in reserve. My Iron Warriors went in first. And I was able to deploy within space of basically attacking two, three, three of the generators within my first turn. Literally able to walk up and assault it. And I had veterans in this, veterans in this, so I was able to slap a load of melter bombs on there. But you could do it with a melter bomb potentially or a power fist on a sergeant or something along those lines at, at which point we took out the objectives which gave us the game objective overall and a number of victory points so it was it was very quick to to do that but that was think about that in the future as sort of de- deployment zones and and how that affects how you can achieve objectives um on that one um yeah, like uh, one thing i've, I've... When I tweaked my summer trust lists for uh, missions for scanners, was that I added on an invulnerable save for shooting because I know, fuck you, it's going to be easy to just uh, shoot them off. Yeah. Because you have to balance the thing with everyone needs to be able to hurt them somehow. Yeah. And to to actually having like, oh, well, you don't want them to be one shot at the first turn. But what I think about in the future now is to add some invulnerable save even in close combat. And and maybe even that the attacking team gets uh, like a special demolition charge mm-hmm. that they need to... Either uh, some, something like that, definitely. Or I would say look at deployment as well. Yeah. For sure. I mean, look at the... Look at the and that was the thing. With that one, it was all about the deployment, where I could actually deploy and how close I could get my units rather than having to go, right, I've got to take a turn to get there, you know, move and run, or um, two turns of moving and then maybe a charge in the second turn. was able to get in pretty quickly. Uh, but then I did have fantastic fun just fighting against uh, both Nicholas's because uh, Nicholas, who was organizing the event, brought his uh, salamanders, so I had to fight a, down his salamander terminators with thunder hammers and storm shields, and those guys just don't die. Um, and I teleport attacked my, or teleported in my um, my my praetor and his five terminators around him, and Nicholas Merkel with his uh, bikes, boo, bikes in ZM, rapid fire plasmed my terminator squad re- dead. <laughs> around my praetor you can just imagine like this has just arrived boom they're taken out and the praetor's going shit <laughs> whoop 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 whoop, whoop. <laughs> just get out of the way um, so that that was a lot of fun um, second uh, yeah well I was thinking I just had an idea 
Um, if if you do like a four four plus in vulnerable save, uh -huh. and then if you have intervening models, that becomes a three plus. So you can actually try and screen the thing with your dudes. Okay, so you're talking about a possible way of actually uh, making it harder to shoot the thing down or uh, yeah. that. Yeah, that could be fun. And, and, and also, if you're locked into close combat, you're not unless you, you you need to be unengaged with other enemy models to be able to actually place a bomb on it. Yeah, so no multi-charging, for example. No, no yeah. disorder charges. Yeah. Yeah, that could be a fun way of doing it, for sure. Because um, it, it would... It, it, I think combine that with deployment, because I think that the biggest impact was a deployment. If you can take the deployment out and, and think about that, not make it something that can happen first turn. Yeah, well, if, if, you can, if you somehow walk and you can shoot at it, it could be hard not to shoot, to not walk and shoot at one objective first turn, because you still only have a limited amount of turns. But if you add a, add on the, like, so it eventually ends up being like a three plus invulnerable save, then that yeah. that is okay. Yeah, but yeah, you should be able to first turn charge it. No, I'm just twitching back to first uh, three up with vulnerable saves against those fucking salamander terminators. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, now I just can imagine it being re-rollable. Oh, yeah. Speaking of that, thankfully that didn't happen. But in my next game, which was which is uh, another one, um, again I saw all this feedback. I think I gave to the guys on the day. Um, I played a custodian's army in the second game. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I think we all seen. I've seen. I think we've all seen the photos on his, on Facebook. Yeah, but the funny part is, I won. It doesn't look like it. It photos. really wasn't at that point. At that point, I will tell you the story of that photo. Uh, but however, I won, and the only reason I won is I played the objectives. I think that is their key Achilles heel: is tactical objectives. When it comes, you know, not forty k tactical objectives, but objective games is their real Achilles heel. Because they have such high cost small uh, small troop units that to hold an objective actually handicaps them, um, and that's something that uh, Martin and I actually talked a lot about. Um, and again, with this one particularly, it was uh, recover servo skulls. So it's kind of like recover the relic. You remember the old forty k mission relic, uh, relic hunt or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, but you placed one in one token in the center, and then you placed. Um, you got to place two two tokens each, each player, one after the other. Couldn't be within six inches of a board edge or six inches or twelve inches of each other. Okay, seems fair. I laid them. I literally, as I looked to do this, I, I will say I did this before I noticed a, an issue. I placed them just inside my deployment zone because I looked at his army and it was a fast moving. You know, lots of hopper tanks. Everything's coming at me. I'm like, I'm going to get murdered. I need to do something with these objectives as quickly as possible but before we deployed after we placed these things before we deployed i said i read the read the event pack and i, I sort of said to martin I said look i'm going to call the guys over because there's something here that's really going to have a, a massive effect on the game straight away and the way the objectives worked was you could pick them up there was no delay on what you could do it's like like the old relic where you you could you could collect the relic and then only move six inches, or you can only have to be in base-to-base -base contact for a turn and then move in, you know, stuff like that. No, you could run with these and all kinds of shit. Yeah, well, this is the thing. So what I actually realised I could do, and I talked to Martin about this, and we said, "Yeah, we'll play it that way because this is because he could do it on his end." But it was just I could 
deploy out of their transports my veteran squads on top of these objectives, then at the start of the movement phase, automatically pick it up, get back into the, the vehicle and drive off the board. <laughs> and I could deploy that. So I, I automatically got six victory points. Now, Martin could, Martin could do that because he could put one of his units in the same position and walk one of his, his troop units off. But at that point, the VP thing is kind of... A, you could almost have ended the game there and then, as far as VPs are concerned. Because if you actually, you know, if I hadn't have had a super heavy in there, then it could have been very possible for him not to equal or beat me. He'd have to have wiped me off the table. But I already had two units that successfully got off the table. So it wouldn't have been a complete wipe. You get me? Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't have been, wouldn't have lost by total annihilation kind of thing. Um, so we talked about it and we played the game anyway. And the custodies promptly then came over and ruffle stomped me into the floor. Um, the only thing that was left alive at the end of the game was my Typhon on two hole points. And the, like I said, the only way I won is I'd, I'd got the objectives. I kept hold of an objective with an additional unit of Nurgle uh, demons, which I've been granted on one of the cards. I sat them on top of an objective, uh, up a couple of floors, sat there and just went, the only way I'm going to do this is by speed bumping his army. And I tried and I managed to get a few, a few of his like Terminators killed. I think I managed to kill off one of his bikes and one of his tanks. And that was about it. Um, and the only that that picture actually that you, you see of me sort of like with my head in my 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 chin in my hand was looking at the table, and you can actually see that in the middle of the picture on the table there's actually one of the equivalent terminators and a shield captain. And at that point, I have literally stuffed up my rolls with my plasma executions trying to kill them, and I I dropped a typhon. Um, shell on them and it's scattered off and I'm looking at it going crap <laughs> this is going to hurt um, and what actually happened that turn was um, he failed he, he failed his charge distance into my Typhon with his two guys so he hopped them back in his transport and like I said I just played keep away as long as I could after that so it wasn't what you call a decisive victory but it was definitely a tactical victory Moral That's victory. That, uh, yeah, moral. When it comes to playing against custodians, I think that counts as a moral victory. Uh, like I think a quick, quick, quick fix for that was because it was um, quarters. Yeah. You could, uh, you, you, if you weren't allowed to place the objectives in any of the deployment quarters, but in the other ones, that would have sorted out. Exactly, and that that was the thing. That was the one thing. Even I mean, I I still like the whole you know slow movement thing when transporting stuff. I think that that can be quite interesting as well. But you're right. I think the easiest fix of that would be simply not in. They can't be in the deployment zones. And I, I think that uh, another thing would be like in the there was a version before of the relic where we, you weren't allowed to have it in the transport. You had to actually manhandle it off the board. Yeah. That could be interesting as well. Um, also, very, de- very, um, very de- deadly uh, if you think about 30k. <laughs> like having foot slogging troops, that, that's going to hurt. Um, but it, again, it, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, so, but they I mean, only make uh, you know infantry, monstrous creatures, uh, walkers that actually have hands able to pick this up. Yeah, 
<laughs> it was How about joke. Uh, Microcard Explorators with uh, Crane? Uh, well, they got to take a server. Well, I must admit, I was actually like, we were laughing about it at one point because we were talking about, um, you know, if Freddy's Titan was playing this, if he could actually pick up the objectives and just throw them off the board. <laughs> he could uh, throw them as weapons. Yeah, some, anything well, like he, that. Well, he wasn't funny. allowed to, so I got a sad face on that. Yeah. 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 But um, overall... I was gonna say, oh, I was going to say, I've got one, one more piece of feedback for the last game I played, and then and then some overall stuff, and then I'm, I'm good to go, because yeah. what's important, the last game uh, was a... It was a team game, and it was 2-on-2. It was supposed to be 2 It became 3-on-3, three three, because there were three Iron Warriors players, and naturally we all sort of banded together when we want to do this. You mean you were um, all shunned and uh, banded together in a corner because no one else liked it? <laughs> No, 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 players, so no we're not custodies players. We're not custodies players. We 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 actually work well when the custodies players are around. We're not those guys. Um, so well, when the custodies custodi- custodi- players around, uh, Iron Warriors aren't as bitter and hated. You mean? Uh, yeah, by everybody else. That's true. Um, but you know that makes us more bitter. Um, so you want to, to eliminate custards just to, so you can be the one that's mo- most bit- people most bitter against? Yes. Fair that makes sense. Moving on. That makes perfect sense. Um, but with... Uh, yeah, we can game it does. <laughs> yeah, it does. In my head, it does. In my uh-huh. business. Um, and in um, in the last game, um, there were this big game. So basically, you had three 2,500-point two, armies, so 7,500 points, needing to deploy, needing to work out all or traits, needing to work out all this sort of stuff, how deployment worked, how, you know, what was affecting what, and it had the, the mission was written out to have um, was out to have uh, you know you had to have half of your units in reserve automatically um, and we the traitors were minus one to their reserve rolls because they were from an, uh, an effect on the game and we actually played against uh, uh, a custodes who picked his uh, warlord traits so we were at minus two to our reserve rolls. Um, which, whilst all this sort of piled up in a very long-played game, meant we didn't really get that many opportunities to bring our stuff on for a reserve. Um, and I think that the biggest point was something like that, a big game, keep it simple, dawn of war deployment, kill points, or a central objective, something really simple to play towards, so that everybody can not worry about the mission and extra details. No reserves, Night fighting on a four plus, or, or put it in place, whatever, but keep it super simple, so that you can just focus on getting the getting the, the armies deployed and getting going. Because we've done this, I've played a couple of these games now, like Lincoln and Scorpius, with these big games. And what I've noticed is the ones that worked well were the ones with simple missions, so you could just get on with stuff. Um, and sadly, none of those were actually this year. So um, we, you know, we want to. That would be my piece of feedback on that. On the last game. Yeah. Well, this, this is why at Scandis I had all the uh, the big games, uh, the four-hour games uh, on a Dawn of War deployment. Yeah, and it makes it makes a massive difference to just be able to get in there and drop, um, and let you just drop your model. No way you're putting your models uh, and getting on with it. Um, so what you're saying is that people should bring a tray of models. Yeah. Um. Trying not to lead the conversation in that term. 
shit. I'm just saying, the event sounded really nice. I really regret that I couldn't go. But the feedback you've given is quite clear and fair, I hope and think. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the only thing that people need to to remind is that every time it's a doubles event or a triples event or whatever, everything always takes eight. No one thinks, oh, it's not going to take twice as much time. No, but it takes like two thirds. Of, of like extra of the normal time. So. Yeah, like 175% of the time. Yeah. That a normal yeah. game would take with one player. I mean, it's, it's good just to work with the general rule for every thousand points you got, that's going to take roughly an hour. Yeah. Uh, so if you're playing seven and a half thousand points, you're looking at around about a seven hour game. Um, I mean, it could be less, but it could easily play out that long. Um, and that I think the you talked about sort of any overall feedback, Chris. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the last piece of feedback I have for the guys is the timings of a, of a lot of a single day event, getting the game, keeping the games on a on a on a, a really regimented schedule, so that you get the games in, uh, because it was like te- almost like ten o'clock at night when we were finishing turn two of the big game, uh, and games have sort of started quite late and stuff like that. And I, I don't know if that was planned or, or whatever, but that would be the only other feedback I have is just, you know, boss people around and make sure that you have, you know, if you're running half an hour late, then lunch is only half an hour and, you know, you get these yeah, things. I, I, I think uh, the one thing, one day events, uh, you could cut down on breaks. Yeah. And, and you can start earlier. But that's basically just because I'm lazy fucking ass and I go home and I got home at like three in the morning. <laughs> yeah, there is but, that. So, but uh, no, but but not like, and used to let Nicholas and the guys know this is this is like less than ten percent drive and ninety percent awesomeness. So, oh, good God, yeah. I mean, this these are just like pieces of feedback that there, take you or leave it. You know, it's keep, not why I keep fucking driving day and night to Boros and fucking got yeah, yeah, there's not many other reasons to go to Boros. <laughs> there really <laughs> isn't. Really. <laughs> but no, I, I, I believe there. Freddie I can say on. that. <laughs> okay, fair I, I totally agree with Freddie. I mean, there. You know, I would go back in a heartbeat for another event like this. I really would. It was. And, so... uh, speaking of, uh, given that this is one of the most story-driven events we have in Sweden. Yeah. How do you f- how did you find the story? How did that work out with the games? It was really fun. I, I really enjoyed the story as it was going through and what what we were sort of coming up with. Um, and sort of what what it was affecting. Like I said, it's the like with the big game, the way that they had gone on for the day on on the day for the traitors meant that we were kind of behind the eight ball with reserves and stuff like that. Stuff like that was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, I, I I love the whole uh, how missions affects other missions and stuff. Yeah, uh, that that's like a big thing. Like a, because I don't. It, it's hard to make it right. But they have fucking nailed it, and like what I I always go for the, the stu- you know keep it stupid simple thing. So like it, how we did for scanners is just like it's an immediate effect, so I don't have to worry about bookkeeping. But now when I got you guys, there's going to be a lot more bookkeeping because I'm definitely on on the fucking BSK Gofcon bandwagon. I've always been, and I always wanted to have tables affecting other tables. Like even my first ever event, which we're probably going to talk about when we're reminiscing. Reminiscing, yeah, reminiscing, reminisce, uh, reminisce. Uh, the Lincoln one that how you're supposed to like uh, flip 
who controlled the table and who got the bonuses and perks and shit. So I, I'm definitely pro interaction between tables and events and, and, and sites and stuff. And, and because all of us already know that next year, uh, the people can expect to see a lot more of that for the Rang and Heresy event series. So it's definitely a thumbs up for us. And it just proves that it's one of those things that is a proven concept and it fucking works. And they've just gone every single time they've done an event, it has become better than the last one. And oh, yeah. Kudos to that. And, and the cards weren't over the top. They were balanced. And, and I like, like, they did what I totally fucked up for. We totally fucked up. Our yeah. I guess it's my fault because I was. No, we, 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 we're out. all in it together. And, and, and the, whole, the whole how the, the general was going to suppose, you know, that 15 minutes of panic. Yeah, yeah, the, the, general, the general's time. Yeah. 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 But everyone got fucking drunk and forgot about it. So, including <laughs> me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I, that, that is exactly what I wanted to do on Scandis, but totally failed. And they nailed it at BSK. So. Yeah, but that's uh, also nice to see that people can learn from others' mistakes. Yeah, yeah, so definitely. That is definitely something I want to take. And and uh, in my fantasy theme for that uh, big for for Scorpius, it's like the best of the BSK together with the fucking the the ID behind the cards from Eric, and he's tying that into like something that is just. Super, super awesome narrative fun that we yeah. we love to run. Yeah, and and that that will be like that will bring the narrative to a whole different level because it it will tie in the narrative story with the cards, and then have the general handing it. Oh, yeah, it'll Sorry, be no. just just so everybody it's gets such a clear hard picture. On now. It's, like, it's oh, going to be a special. It's, so it's going to be a special kind of sexy, is what we're talking oh, about. You here. have no idea. Like we'll like, be bringing a special we have, kind of sexy. We have two concepts that. Are fucking proven to work, and we add them together, and it's not going to be, we're not going to drown people with fucking uh, extra perks and shit. But it's going to be it fun. Is, it's going to be fun. It's ah yeah. yeah and, uh, do it to sum it up. The BS, BSK was great, right? And uh, yeah. sum it up. Go and do it. Go go yeah. to the next event. Go. I think the next event, the next main event on the narrative is Gothcon. But they're also starting their local narrative yep. monthly event series in January next year so if you're local or can travel to Boros you could po probably join up for that one yeah it's uh, I think it's it's aimed at the um, at the the their their local group Armageddon but as they do say it's open to everyone who yep. wants to come along so I would really recommend going up to these events and you know, I've given feedback. It might seem super harsh, super critical, but stuff the guys have already had and they know about it. And go and do it. And the event, as you said, fun. the feedback, the, the the only criticism you had was basically on ten percent, and the other ninety percent is also. Oh God, yeah. So yeah, not not even not even that. Probably five percent, and it was just like yeah. the beginning, and then such a laugh, so much fun playing. We were playing games with the guys and having a good time, and. You know, again, the usual thing: meeting people you've not played before, connecting with people in different areas, and all that jazz. Just yeah, having they, like such fun. Of all the events I've gone to this year, they probably fucking nailed it in bringing new players to the community because it was basically I don't know, like at least thirty percent faces I have never seen, and and actually getting those gaming groups out of Stockholm that that I have been trying so hard to get to events and get them to fucking Boros instead, 
oh my fucking god, this blew my mind. And then, but then actually get them into the community, and now they're fucking now they're before they were heresy curious, now they're fucking heresy committed. So, yeah. so we can expect to see them to on like almost all events now. So. It's also that's just that's just based on their reputation on their events they're running. So fuck yeah. And uh, I think we all look forward to Gothcon next year, which Definitely. is Easter yes. weekend yes. next year. Definitely, it's going to be an awesome event. I can't wait for it. It's so, going to be a lot of fun. Should we move on? We should move on. And let's let's. Is there anything else upcoming or important we need to talk about there? Because we could talk about the news, and there's not a whole lot of heresy. New stuff, for example. Um, sadly, we are uh, we have had a, a delay in the delivery of the the rule book, as, as you were telling us off air before, Chris. It's uh, been a quality issue that, that delayed that one. Um, yeah, I'm not sure right? they actually said exactly, precisely which uh, production issue it is. But what can you do? This, yeah, these things happen in production. And the most important thing is, if nothing else, although we're wait, still waiting for the first edition Heresy book, they're doing quality control on it, which is important. So yeah, it means we're not going to get a Duff product. This was proper quality control as well. It was actually in the book that wasn't that good. So, so that's very important. What would you um, rather do? Buy a book that falls apart? <laughs> or buy this, a book that sticks apart? This is very true. Um, Speaking so, of books, we could mention oh. some upcoming stuff that from Black Library. Oh, can we mention that I have a special limited edition full grim book? No, it's, no one cares. Oh, so beautiful. No one cares. Because <laughs> the book I was going to mention is way more important than that. Which book is that? And that is is the, it full grim 2? No, that is the December release of The War Master by Dan Abnett. Oh yeah, I'm so looking forward to that. Ghost books. I'm so looking forward and to that. And if you go to Black Library's Facebook page, I actually have a bit of a clip when he reads the intro blurb, basically. Uh, I'm, I'm so looking forward to that. Yeah, uh, it's going to be uh, awesome. This is uh, what the really master. Yeah, you know the to... guy, the guy leading the Sabbath Crusade. Is yeah. he a war monster? Yeah, he's no. a war monster. It's an imperial well, title for the leader of a campaign. Or yeah, so. it's a 40k thing, Freddy. Don't worry about it. it yeah. But it's it's so been, awesome. it's, be, it's been like that for about as long as uh, it's the it's a title it is, that's, hey that that Horace guy he might have got it wrong. Yeah, but it's, 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 it's a title right. that's one step below Lord Solar, isn't it? Something like that, yeah. Or they, or they because made the, the Lord Solar is basically the commander of the entire Solar army. Yeah, it's ra- it's rather it's, and it's awesome. They also have a nice uh, little Gaunt's Ghost, the War Master spe- Special Edition thing. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Got uh, ammo, ammo crate, and uh, well, it's a cloth wrapped hardback novel. Package in a crate style infantryman supply box with additional items with his journal, Tanith Regimental Flag, Metal Tanith Pin Badge, Highness Seer Armaduke Fabric uh, so, wait, Uniform who, Patch. Who is, did you say Dan Abnett? Yeah, it's Dan Abnett, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, he's written all the other ones. Yeah, he's written all of the other Ghost yeah, no, Ghost books. I, and I thought you said book. someone else. That's all right. No, no. Dan I, uh, oh, I'm, so I might even splurge for this the it, special edition. Be a very, it would be a very worthwhile splurge if you do, buddy. It's, it would be a very one. 
Also, in uh, December, there's the next uh, Heresy, Horse Heresy book. Yes. Which is Old Earth. Which be interesting. Which is about Vulcan. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. born, you know. And we do have, uh, in January, we've got the um, the uh, Ferris Manus um, yep. Primarch book coming out. Yep. And, and Ro- a Rogue Trader book. Yeah. Now the that Omnibus, so it's actually the old Rogue Trader, Rogue Star, Star of Damocles, and those the Savage Scars that's in one book re-released. So, but that's going to be so nice to get back onto. Yeah, it's there. And they're re-releasing all the fucking Necromunda books. Yeah, but that that's quite reasonable, I think. Yeah. And they're um, also Carl Jericho. The regular release of uh, Fulgrim is in January. Yeah. And then we've got in uh, all. Then we can look into February as well, <laughs> because then you've got Burden of Loyalty coming out. Which is the next it's book forty-eight of the Heresy, uh, which again yeah, that, that's an, really looking that, that's to. That's an anthology with uh, a f- well, most of these are released before. Yeah, some of them are just audio books, like in the Binary Succession or audio dramas. Yeah, but, but there's, uh, there's like the Wolf Kings uh, in there, Thirteenth Wolf. I think uh, I actually own all of these, but I might still just buy, might still buy the book because it looks good on the shelf. And the artwork's pretty fucking awesome. To well, be you there. can't beat a Titan Legions. You definitely, you definitely can't beat a Titan Legion. I love that photo uh, when it's technical, when you can finally see how small a Warlord Titan is. <laughs> yeah, it's rather awesome. But, but there's um, also something in February that's released, and that's uh, the Magus, which is an Ice and Horn special edition by Dan Abnett. Very nice. When was that February? You said. Yeah. Uh, yes, I see that now. So lots of cool stuff coming up from Black Library. Uh, we are it's still nice awaiting. Yeah, we're still awaiting the book, right? The still awaiting book. for still awaiting first edition Heresy. Uh, very much so looking forward to. Again, there's a fuckload of nice uh, old series that get revamped or restarted. Yeah, and there's lots of cool stuff that you know. I'm sure there'll be some sort of. Oh, there are already Christmas buyers guides and stuff for how to shop. Shop smart, shop smart on uh, on Forge World, and um, you know oh, all that sort uh, of stuff. It's really nice for people that want uh, some Christmas want to presents. Be able to... Yeah, from, definitely. No, I'm just saying it's, it's a great stuff. time. It's a great time to start a new army if you know how to butter up family. Um, yeah, but yeah, or that... get get a really nice lunch if you're a cannibal. Yeah, that too. Wait, what? Hang on, butter up the family. Okay, fair enough. Yep, just just glad we were on the same topic there, Chris, because my brain went to be <laughs> completely different. Um, um, so I think we should actually, for the first break of today, yeah, go with the song that uh, Henry Steele recommended. I reckon so. So we're going to head on out to a tune, and we're going to head on out to what's the tune we've got, Chris? Well, there was something about wanting to know and what love is. Yes, in, in honor of the Primarch Lorgar, I believe. Yeah, it's. Uh, I want to know what love is, and uh, that's uh, that's going out to you, Lorgar. However many uh, years in the future, big and shout out to Steel and to Henry. Yeah, shout shout out for the choice there, Henry. So we will be right back with the main part of our episode as we talk our fiftieth episode, looking back and all that good stuff. Uh, so we'll be right back after I want to know what love is.
And we're back. And like Lorga, we want to know what love is, and we want you to show us. And hopefully, uh, that is something that may happen at some point. Well, it's not going to happen, really, is it? During the heresy, there's never going to be any love. The emperor never loved them. It was all all a charade of fatherhood and caring. Well, but that... he did love them in his way, as tools to fulfill, as fulfill his prophecy and destiny. So, like any any good, like any good, uh, caring father, or am I right? Yeah, I was going to say like any any caring tradesman, he loved his tools, uh, but would happily put them away in a box and let them rust afterwards. Um, you know, but that's just my point of view on it. So, it's our fiftieth episode. We've we've put fifty of these bad boys out. We've been uh, we've had a, we've had some ups and downs and lefts and rights and all that sort of stuff. So, we are going to take some time to indulge and look back over the past and look back over sort of what has happened. Um, and what our sort of journey is that the right word is that too fluffy quest or quest yeah quest our pilgrimage yeah crusade (laughs) topical even um well not really um so we're going to talk about the last 50 episodes and we've had some questions in from our listeners and we're probably going to find that some of these sort of overlap each other so we're, we're still done the proper thing and separated. First, we talk, then we yep. take some listen questions. And, and then we'll just go, we answered that already and then listen to are, the early part of it. Yeah, they're definitely overlapping. I know that because I wrote both of the parts. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, then, first uh, things first, where say, do we begin? I must say, already, I did remove one of the questions from Max because it was pure tro- trolling. Oh no! Really? Uh, Max never does that. No, Max doesn't. He, di- he didn't uh, ask us when we were supposed to deliver a certain water titan to a certain someone at Adepticon. Oh, that's the one you removed, right? Okay. <laughs> As I said it's pure trolling. It has nothing to do with anything. Fair enough. Okay, well that we can work with. Um, then, where do we begin? I know. Let's let's actually just look back and. Where's the heresy gone from when we started? I mean, it's going to be almost almost 18 months ago that we started because we've not been putting these out uh, once a week as we sort of originally tried to do and sort of we've been finding this as a... It's become um, at least once a fortnight and as often as we can uh, to put the episodes out. So how has the heresy changed? I mean, how has the heresy changed for us? Let's, Chris... Freddie, how how has the heresy changed in the last sort of eighteen months? How would you say that to to our listeners who are obviously dying to hear our point of view? Well, let's start with the one who's more interested in his new toy than talking to us tonight. Yeah, yeah of course not. I'm actually doing Lima Rosses now. Uh-huh. Uh, after I realised that it's missing a package, but that's all right. Yeah. So now it's your army of the wolf army of pure Lehman Rosses only. Yeah, purely. Yeah, Rosses. exactly. See, that's well, where the heresy has come to. Yeah. Everybody's running. Everybody's running armies of Lehman Russ because, yeah, Primark. Well, I well, not the, the fucking tank. But yeah, duh. yeah, uh, duh. sure, duh. yeah, sure. But <laughs> exactly. It, it's all about armored warfare, don't you? No, this is true. This is true. So you're putting tracks on Lehman Russ then? No, I was putting the Krieg um, fucking air purifier thing. Uh, on the back of plastic lemurs. Nice. Cool. So yeah, what's, what's happening with the heresy? Uh, 
Yeah, what's the, what's so what's what's how's the heresy changed in the last eighteen months, fifty episodes, as you uh, see it? Well, the community has grown like massively, I have oh, to say, yeah. and also uh, like going into the heresy, the level of uh, painting was like super good. It was like the top end of forty k. Like the the really top end fluffy painters that I remember from 40k, like they were the baseline for the heresy. But I, I have noticed almost like just from event to event that the, the painting quality has increased. Like I don't know, like tenfold. It's crazy. Like when I thought it couldn't get better, it's still get, it's still getting better. It's getting just more themed and it's more like. I don't, I don't know, like, the skills of people are just evolving, and people take this shit seriously, like, the painting and stuff, so, it's good to see. Damn right we do. <laughs> it's important, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's what pulls it all together. Yeah, and, 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 like, in the beginning, people were like, oh, well, what do you do? Oh, I collect white scars. What do you do? Oh, I collect world leaders. Well, not that many white scars in the beginning, but there were a few, like, diehards just doing like the basic legion one and uh, and you're like oh but now like oh what do you do it's like oh I do solar exilia I do militia I do dark angels uh, fucking raven guards I do uh, you know a thousand suns and I do a little bit of alpha legions and then I've done a kill team with iron warriors it's like oh that's not much <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I was like so what, what's your project? And it's like, oh, I got this, uh, you know, I'm up to 10,000 points with my Empress Children, and now I'm going to do, I'm just going to round out my world leaders at 6,000 points, and then I'm, I'm, I'm really, like, I'm getting halfway through my, my militia, which is going to be, like, survivors of the Dark Age, and I've done this and that, and yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> so it's kind of, it's gone from, like, the, the first event I had in Lincoln, where there was, like, a one army band, to, Fucking everyone has almost everything. That's crazy. <laughs> the heresy has literally flowed everywhere. Yeah. And I think a lot, a lot of that has to do with the plastic box sets. I think because people have found it much easier to get like the, a sheet baseline to start an army, like because a Kelf box or a Prosper, a Prosper box, maybe not so much, but a Kelf box, it's, it's just like, it's just the perfect building block, like the foundation building block to build anything. Like yeah, for I any, mean, any any legions. I mean, that dropped about eight. Yeah, I mean, that dropped about eight months before we actually started recording. But you're right; it was the It's been such a. It's been so big. It's impossible to to ignore. It's been such a big drop in, uh, such a big um, entry point into the yeah. hobby. I yeah, mean, I, I, I was skeptical at first. I, I didn't think it was going to be. Well, you know me, like, I think we talked about it. I didn't think it was going to be, like, this massive impact that it had. But, like, the, the Calvin boxes has really made a difference, for sure. I mean, I, I, it's why a, I'm... A way the... bigger difference. And I, I don't think it's just because it's... I don't think it's the money uh, for it. I think it's it's the ease of access. Yeah, the, the accessibility and, of it all. Yeah, you and how, how anyone... Yeah, you, you just go down <laughs> to your brick and mortar and you can buy the start of your heresy army yeah and i think i think that's the thing because most people people that aren't they're playing games workshop and whatnot or they're playing other games and 
uh, and you like the whole threshold for for Forge World, you have to do a minimum order for, to get it free. Like it's still a bit pricey, but it, it's just it's a big kind of commitment all around. You know, if you understand what I'm talking about, like because you have to go in there and like, oh, I need to buy these two squads and what do I need for army? I need to buy this, and you're not really sure and stuff. But but the thing is, and that's why... if you buy the box, bam, it's yeah. there. And that reason you mentioned there is why I missed the old uh, army deals for used to run because they used to have a like uh, upgrade kits and uh, baseline infantry mark three for so to say iron hands and. Uh, Iron Father, that was heavily discounted, the entire kit or deal. I don't have that anymore. So the box, repl- the box replaced even those deals quite uh, handily. Yeah, it did. I mean, it, uh, like I said, I think I've said before. I said I know I've said before a number of times that plastic box set was was my my starting point. That's what got me in. As you said, not mainly for the well, mainly for the price in my personal case, but also because it gave me such a strong foundation to to build an army from um i mean i literally plan to use that or that was my my the, my basis for lincoln uh would have been lincoln in 2016 if i if i'd uh if i'd been able to make it that was that was the majority plus and, some uh, i'm gonna put a bit of behind the scenes the core of jody's army currently is iron wars <laughs> are basically what you can get in a Prospero box minus some of the extra bits like the dreadnought. Yeah, that's true. And because then add a... with the veterans and the cataphracti. You're just having a go at me because we talked no, about just... this earlier about running what, pridely. What, no, what, I, what I'm saying is that it is a great <laughs> deal that you will uh, carry with you in your army if you get it, and that's that was really well thought out when they released the box. It is, and then the. the um... I mean, I think, you know, like you said, Freddie, with the Prospero box, it hasn't had the same effect as um, Kalth has, but the ability to have 30 Mark III Marines has been pretty big, you know? It's been a pretty decent decent impact. I, I, I well. just hope that they, they learn for, for when, when they finally do, like, a Mark II plastic box, that it's better to do more generic stuff than, than those custodies and sisters of silence because I think I don't know. Yeah, it's cool that they are in the box, but it it it, it is makes that box not so much bang for the box as the count box because you can use everything in the fucking count box. Yeah, everything. And, uh, I know that all of us probably sometime have said that the, uh, the dreadnought from the count box isn't the best one, but it's still a really Good red knot, and uh, to start off with, or just tweak it a bit, and it's still a really workable kit that will yeah, that it, will hang in in your army for a long time. Yeah, I mean, it's the uh, what is it? The, it's because it's the, the mono pose that kind of limits it, uh, but it's still a good uh, a good basis. Like you say, you can you can get out, go out and get weapon options for it that you can put on there with a little bit of hobbying, a little bit of hobbying skill. Yeah. So you can actually use it you, uh, with multiple options. And if you do it last in your in your box, it will be finish off your approximately 1,500 points of uh, Pride of the Legion list. Yeah. And at that point you can probably tweak the legs a bit because you can 
if you just change the hips a bit, the legs look better. So it, yeah. it is really workable as soon as you look at it. Yeah, just one or two flat cuts on the hips and you can put, reposition the feet yeah. so it's a bit more movable. And you can also remove the head because the torso is in two bits. Yeah, so it's very and, cool. And you've seen what I've done like for my Empress children one. It's so easy. I just took some edge brass and put like on top of the torso and bam, it just... Yeah. Instant more hotness. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did up mine for my fist force, and that's changed the legs a bit. But that's basically, mainly just changing up the hip joints, and then changed the, the close combat weapon to another weapon. And that, and changed the head. That was all I did. And it's still hanging in there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure there are third party dealers that do like. Uh, special legs is for it yeah there is there is but if, yeah, you, uh, if you if you just start with the box it's the, the calf box is still really really good value for money yeah definitely i mean i think it's i don't know it's uh, how how what its availability is like still but i mean if you if you are you know honestly if i was to if i was to start a new army if i was to say to myself you know what i'm going to start a new army actually looking at a calf box would be a really solid way of doing it, even though I've been in this hobby now for a year and a half and, you know, I've got a lot of resin models and stuff like that. A Kalth box would be a really solid way to start a new army project now, you know. It still has its relevance to someone who's been playing for a while because, um, like you say, you can, you can build a solid core out of it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there, there's decent options in there. There's extra um, weapons and stuff like that. And... Uh... G-Dubs still stock it, and uh, independent stock it still stock it. So, so there you go. It's, it's a great way. Get hold of. Yeah. Uh, and the best part is, like, you, you get some... Spe- like, so you'll end up with three options of the special weapons, like the flamer, the plasma gun, the melter gun, and then uh, the heavy bolter and the missile launcher. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, it's only the missile launcher, isn't it? No, yeah. heavy, heavy, bo- heavy bolter as well, isn't it? Have a for missile launcher, I think. Yeah, which means that the the best part is if you get two boxes, suddenly you can have tactical support squads and you can have heavy weapon squads as well. Yeah, and then maybe yep. you just have to. Then you should probably run them as tacticals and not the veteran tacticals, because then you can yeah. have some rhinos as well when you're and just yeah. start a mechanized list instead of having them all foot slogging. Which, and uh, rhinos, you, you can use your plastic rhinos yeah. and whatnot, so that's that so is good. The, another pattern than the demos one. Yeah, definitely. That's also true with the regular GW Land Raider. It's yeah, still the the, same, it's still the same availability on that one during the heresy. Yeah, and it's a, it's a great you know that that's the that sort of moving on sorry connecting with that is the fact that a lot of those plastic kits that are available through 40k work are backwards compatible (laughs) i guess you could say cross-platform whatever term you want to use you could use them in the heresy basically and they work really well yeah Yeah. and i think we even had a did an episode about (laughs) in the beginning about using plastic for we did did. it's called we did it's with the Plastic Fantastic, Fantastic. and uh, the song choices might have aged just as well as we hoped. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that was the episode where we jumped the shark in the whole, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, Mattel line of dolls? 
Well, I was going to say response, you know, um, seriousness level. Um, serious, serious podcast team. We're playing Barbie Girl, right? That's it. We're done. <laughs> you know, as we're reminiscing back in, so for people that are interested in listening to like exactly what you can use for the GW plastic and how much mileage you can get, like, you know, bar, you, you can even use like the fortifications and shit, like the Aegis defense lines and the wall of martyrs and the Bastion and stuff as well for your yeah. army. So, and, and, that's and basically, they're the only yeah. kept available. Yeah, and you can use attack bikes, bikes. You can use, uh, you use uh, land speed. Well. Yeah, well, I said attack bikes and bikes. Uh, land speeders, uh, rhinos, land raiders, predators, whirlwinds. You can even use the humble box dread. Okay. If you really want to, and we did, we made a thing of it. We we wanted him to have his his day in the spotlight when we did the uh, the box dread challenge at uh, at Scandus the first year. Yeah, yeah the first Scandus. Yeah, I think uh, some people actually okay. ran Castaferum talents quite successfully at this year's Scandus. So, yep, Julius. Yeah, yeah, they're great in. They're a lot better in some mortalis than they are on the open field. Yeah, well, the, definitely the one there. thing that they do have, which is super good compared to a uh, conductor, is that they can take armored ceramite. And a flamestorm cannon. And a flame, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. that's so the way forward with those bad boys. Like you said, yeah. especially if you use them as a mortalis. Yeah. <laughs> well, my black shield has... Well, for, for the box thread challenge, I, I found my old... Uh, was it like Assault and Black Reach or whatever it's called? Yeah, yeah, the classic, I, the classic yeah. plastic box tread. Yeah, and I pimped them up a bit with a night set and you know flamethrower can and shit for the box tread challenge. Mm-hmm. Ended up looking pretty cool. He looks very boss. Which you can actually, if you guys want to uh, reacquaint yourselves with Freddy's box tread, you can have a look on our Facebook page and you can see the uh, the pictures uh, of that there. Um, and he's yeah. he's awesome. He's brutal. He's the way he's the way any sort of black shield dreadnought should be. Like he's just got out of some sort of back alley and he's now going to go and kick your teeth in. Or flame you. Barbecue. Or flame you, yeah. Flame you as well. That's a very fair point. Yeah, he's about to come punch, you know, set, set you alight or uh, or punch your teeth in. Take your pick. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So, this, so what we're saying basically is uh, to get back on how the Harris has changed. It hasn't, <laughs> it has grown. I'm not sure it's, it's actually has changed. It has grown and accessibility has increased. I think well, I think it's well, one changed. thing has changed. Yeah, one thing has changed compared to, uh, uh, well, except for Jody then, is that <laughs> you see hardly any Pride of Legions lists anymore. <laughs> you, you and now you start to see all the funky uh, Legion specific rights of war. You see like the armored breakthroughs. You see it, everyone has gone from the the Pride of Legion to you know funky own shit like they found their own playing style and and on the events I've seen it's gone from oh most people are running the same right of war to fuck it you'll be hard pressed to find two people playing the same right of war it's really the reason I didn't say that that is change because to me that's more of a maturity rather than a change that uh, people have uh, found what they're really preferring and found their play style and found their weight in the heresy 
rather than the heresy itself has changed. But there's a really big change that we're still waiting for the red fruit of. And that is that the heresy has become its own game. Yeah, that is the big thing, isn't it? That's heresy version 1.0. The, the start of the proper start of the heresy, its own rule set. And I, I can hear the uh, the fanboys who are listening to that screaming, no, it's not, it's 7.1, whatever. No, it's not. It's got its own name, its own rule book, tough. And it's heresy 1.0. Like that, that way, 8th edition isn't actually called 8th edition either, it's called the new Warhammer 40k. So... The naming system works with calling it heresy, first edition. Exactly. And so that is the way forward. I mean, uh, what, are there any other big things from your point of view, Freddie, that sort of stood out in the last 18 months uh, well, that have sort of been on the heresy? Away. Yeah. It was a big fucking uh, blow to the community. Yeah. yeah. Uh, massive, uh, massive loss to the community. Yeah. And I think uh, uh, otherwise the whole conundrum that was... Is it, is it? Are we going to eighth or not? And that was, you know, now in hindsight, when we are twenty twenty, we realize that obviously Fortress was dealing with the whole, you know, Alan being ill and stuff. Uh, you you can't really blame them. They could have handled it better, but you know, such is life. The only thing that it, it what happened that everyone said, oh, if they don't go to eighth, like some of those. People are saying if they don't go to aid, the community will suffer. And I have to say that I haven't seen that. It, it is still growing. And what has happened now, at least where I live, is that heaps of people that you know went to eight and didn't find that the game they wanted, they they now have heresy first edition or seven point one or whatever uh, that they can heresy first edition. Let's keep it yeah. right. Where, that they can uh, double into. So we've I, seen like a he, he's sort of extra increase in like Magnus. He's one one of them. Like he's. Well, well I think that's that's a big he's, point he's actually. Yeah. He's the far gone. He has has no shows anymore. He's, yeah, he's I mean, a podcast. He's, uh, well, he, he's playing. He's playing Edward at uh, Gotland this weekend. So you know, yeah. somebody has to. <laughs> he's still a trader. It's just a new fence to sit on for him, let's be fair. It's a ferry, no, but, actually. Uh, that too. Yeah, before, before I ran on, but, you know, we, like Magnus, he started out uh, fairly recently. We had heaps of other people starting out fairly recently. And, you know, so it hasn't really been uh, like the whole, oh, no one's going to play Heresy anymore because of eight. Uh, I, I have to disagree to that, and I've seen like the community is, it is massively growing, and just with like those guys that broke down at BSK that came from Stockholm, and and now suddenly it's because we know them and they their gaming group, and it, it's the whole thing like forum versus Facebook, <laughs> because if you're not on the forum, and I know like it used to be back in the Rogue Trader all day, like the Rogue Trader trader forum in sweden it's like either you were on the forum and you had no clue and like all the gaming groups were like little isolated clicks of people in stockholm is well maybe it's not the super big city but it's still a big city and none of them would have any connection with each other unless unless on a tournament or they happen upon chance and because heresy is all about events not tournaments 
uh, unless they know about the event, they wouldn't have gone. And it's just like they they bumped into someone at Alpha Spill or something, and they heard something, and then finally they find a Facebook page and they they get you know the, the connection and stuff. So it it's really cool. So that there is actually I think the community is bigger than we think. It's just that the whole fucking uh, communication thing hasn't really swapped over from forums to to Facebook and where do you search? What do you do? Like if you're new. It's not like you rock up in a Games Workshop store and it's like, oh, bam, we run this stuff and this is how you meet. Because most heresy people wouldn't be in a Games Workshop store. They would probably, you would probably see them at the brick and mortar store buying paints and shit, but they wouldn't buy, they would buy a calf box, but you you probably... You physically it, can't <laughs> buy resin. Well, yeah, yeah, no, once, you, exactly. once you've been told to stop talking about heresy in a Games Workshop store, you kind of stop going there. What I don't know about what I'm saying is, it's yes, Chris, unless right. you know where you're looking, it's really hard. It's it's hard to find the community, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Because it's not like we don't go and play Heresy at the Games Workshop store. We don't go and play Heresy at Alpha Spell or any of the other brick and mortar stores. We play Heresy at the gaming clubs. Yeah. And if you don't know about the gaming club, how the fuck would you know that there's a Heresy community? And this is. And like a textbook example what happened with the, the the Stockholm guys at BSK because they're like, well, what the fuck, there's like a massive heresy community in Stockholm. We thought we were like the only six dudes here. And that's because they have their own, you know, club with their own forum and they know each other, you know. You know, because they, the little club becomes the whole nucleus, the little planet system where that's where they talk about projects and shit and, and nothing. Sort of like our own chat for the Varangian, you know. Yeah, like we 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 live our own little fucking bubble, but now we're part of the bigger community, and it, it's it's good to see that it, it's actually bigger than you think it is. And used to get all these groups and shit together, it's been like a massive journey, and and it doesn't matter. The, the more the more we think we're growing, we still rock up meeting you know people that have been playing for ages. It's just that they didn't know about BSK or whatever that there was an event series or, and shit, and now suddenly they're all fucking pumped. Yeah, so there's more, more and more, um, more and more information out there. Like you say, more and more access. Um, the building of community, I think, as you say, is where it is. It's not not just here in Sweden, but in general, there's a massive build of uh, community uh, when it comes to the heresy. Um, and it's, there have been communities that have always been there, like Crusade and Heresy, for example, and um, others. But it's become more and more. Uh, prevalent that see these communities start to actually uh, blow up and become more. Yeah, I think like once I don't know, like uh, gaming clubs used to be massive forum things. Like either the gaming club had their own forum, or they were somewhere hidden in like whatever fucking Sweden, 40k, the dark dark place that that is. <laughs> you know, they they would have some sort of sub thread or whatever. But nine times out of ten, the club has their own forum. And now suddenly, like, Facebook has happened, and more and more clubs are eventually getting onto Facebook. It, it only took my own fucking gaming club <laughs> until a couple of months ago to be on Facebook, or last year or whatever. Uh, but, you know, as that happens, suddenly they just, bam! Oh, fuck, there's a bigger world out there. And they get all fucking excited, 
and they're like, oh, what's, what's this events about? And, oh, what's this BSK fucking narrative? 30K, oh, this is like, I, I, I have stared away so far away from Games Workshop tournaments that you have no idea, and we only played our in-house campaigns and shit, and suddenly you realize, well, there's, there's everyone else, there's like an entire community that loves the same shit as I do, and they get all fucking excited. So I think... Like the the lessons learned from last BSK is just that there's tons of people out there. You just need to somehow find a way to reach out to them, and uh, and they just want they want what the community is providing. So and they just love to be a part of this bigger community. So I mean, uh, as you say, the the community community as a whole has grown. Community in in different ways has grown using you know as you said, uh, Facebook. And other things, and I think one thing that's that's massively changed since uh, you know we started is actually the number of podcasts. Um, yeah. And that's that that's something you can't ignore. Is just the number of podcasts that have uh, you know jumped up. No matter how 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 some people seem to complain about getting free content for free from multiple there's, sources there's about too a hobby. Much free content that you can choose to listen to or not listen to if you really want to. It's horrible. Uh, so, yeah. Sounds like event cards here. Like, well, there's too many event cards that you can choose to use or not to. Exactly. I mean, what can you do? But <laughs> there's just you freedom of choice. Yeah, curse you, God free damn will. It. But, I, I'm, uh... I'm from Sweden. I'm not used to having all this freedom. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, I don't. I'm from Sweden. I didn't used to have so much for free. That's true, uh, but for you know, in all seriousness, I mean, it's it's been a, a massive change in the in the uh, in the heresies. Just the number of podcasts that have come up. I mean, there was, um, I know when I started listening, there was the Imperial Truth and there was the Eye of Horus, um, and there were the Overlords as well, who did a degree of thirty uh, k stuff. They were thirty k adjacent, if nothing else. Yeah, definitely, because that's uh, when the guys who are now. Obviously, the Sons of Heresy were, were there um, as uh, actual as the co-hosts for for that, or as the hosts for that um, podcast. So, I mean, there wasn't a huge amount of 30k coverage, and then there seemed to be sort of a deluge that came, and that I would have said that would have started then with the um, well, Age of Dark. Well, you had a bit of truth, and then the Horus, and then yeah, and then, it, then it sort of yeah, Age of Darkness, and then. I would say there was, there was Radio Free Estvan that started up, but sort of had, they were sort of doing their live casting stuff. Yeah, uh, the proper TFL guys. Yeah, that, that, that sort of that sort of thing, and then it sort of jumped to um, our sisters uh, over at the um, at Northern Heresy, who set up. Uh, literally, they dropped their first episode like two weeks before we dropped ours, and it all sort of happened Bastards. around the same time. Yeah, I know. Shocking, disgraceful. You know, think of the mega cast we could have had. Um, think of the clusterfuck that could have been if we were all on the same cast. Exactly, that's what I mean. It would have been a mega cast. It would have been like the ultimate clusterfuck. It would have been brilliant. Um, but um, you know, so that sort of drops, and suddenly there's like five or six podcasts that are out, and then slowly started building more. Um, Seize Initiative, Covenant of Fire. Um, we had who do we have? We had the Gino Five Two. Uh, we had come Boys on, came on and said, we "Boys of the Golden Throne." Alistair the uh, his, uh, Legion of Lies. His... Yeah, so you know, uh, Edge of Empires, and yeah, but you can also see that a lot of these, if not all of uh, the podcasts, are involved in running events of their own. 
Yes. And again, that could, quite, sort of definitely uh, closely linked. Yeah, it definitely okay. comes back to community again. So it's it's been a you know a massive thing seeing all these podcasts come in, and then having such a positive effect on the community around them. Uh, like you said, Chris, by running events and by you know doing putting out content and you know challenging people to think and do stuff. Yeah, um, just look at uh, the Tarsus event series that uh, you yeah. were involved in, or. Uh, the Durham weekend in March, March I think, that yeah. the Vampire Sea is involved in, or what uh, we are involved in, or events that uh, basically every other podcast run. Yeah, and I think um, I don't know about how you guys feel about it, but I, so for me personally, one of the one thing that I took from podcasts that had a really big effect on me was actually uh, I, I blame. Um, uh, JP and Mark for this is their two week hobby challenge because that was a great painting uh, push for for me and that had a real effect on me and I think it's had a, it's had a big effect on the hobby as well by seeing stuff getting painted as as, as much as it was and obviously the push for uh, with the fully painted for closing uh, for closers and that sort of stuff from the Eye of Horus and you know a big push again for seeing fully painted armies at events has had a mass, a, a very positive effect on the community. But, uh, I mean, Freddie, is there, is there something from your point of view, just, is there one thing that you go, that's the biggest sort of effect on the game of heresy itself. That's the biggest thing that's dropped in the last sort of 18 months. Well, exactly. Sorry. <laughs> except the news. Yeah, I'm trying to sat down again. Uh, except for the news about the rules. Yeah, uh, apart from they... the new, apart from the rule book, I think that's uh, that's so big it's its own thing. Personally, I, I would say that. I think uh, I still remember when they released the warlord. That was pretty fucking big. Yeah, I was in. I know that I was on the train to uni in Stockholm when that, that video went up. So obviously I just had to walk into GW Stockholm and force them to watch it with me. <laughs> because they they didn't have a clue that they were going to be released as well either. <laughs> so hey guys, look at this. Yeah. <laughs> so the drop the dropping of the warlord was was uh, was sort of your big thing. What about what about you, Chris? Freddy's already called the warlord. What would you say was your big? Big wow moment of the last eighteen months. What's had the biggest change on the on the heresy game itself outside of the new rules coming? Uh, the Lucius Headford Warlord. Oh. <laughs> oh well, it's... we don't need Max. We've got you as a troll. We don't need anything yeah. else. Well, Max is not my choice for the mo- the most important thing of the heresy. Fair enough, then. What, You'll be disappointed. What uh, I actually think is uh, that. Uh, the ease of access for not the the main rulebook that we're gonna get, but all of the red books that have gathered up the rules for most of the units that are in the black books, because they still need to be updated with the latest stuff. But uh, those books have been really valuable for the game and the community. Yeah. Uh, oh, and the fucking price tag is is pretty good. Yeah. Instead of having to. Cut around four black books to get uh, all your your rules. Well, I, I love the black books, <laughs> but I'm saying like compared to like a 40k codex or like a yeah. fantasy 
I don't know. They don't call that anymore. But the fantasy army book, the price tag on a fucking red book from Portugal is like fucking, it is cheap. Yeah, so, and if you own the black books, you might, you might just want uh, the red books on your iPad, and you can get that. Oh, yeah, that's, which is awesome. That For gaming, that's brilliant. Uh, for just the general feel of having an awesome book in your hands, it's not really the same, but for gaming, it's really brilliant to just have it on your iPad. Yeah, and then you also have, can have the black books just, if you want to, because they're beautiful just uh, on the shelf or on the coffee table or oh, whatever. And... And the content is fucking yeah. So good. But I still say that the red books are, for me, one of the most important things that have been released because they made the game more accessible instead of having to have the black books. Mm. I think personally, I'm going to make a um, a very recent addition to the heresy. I put put that forward, and I'm actually going to I'm actually going to say book seven okay. because. Uh, to, to have an effect on the heresy as a game, it has it's been something that has dramatically shifted the meta. Um, with the it, bringing in some very special units that we've all had, I think it's fair to say whether you're loyalist or traitor, we've all had love for like the, the um, visions of heresy artwork of things like the custodies. And stuff yeah, like that, and, and the sisters of silence. And... Yeah, all, all those things. things. And book seven, book seven, and the models that came with it brought that to life. Um, you know, bringing those models in. Uh, I'm not, even though I've literally got them in front of me in my hands right now, because I'm still working on the custodies commission. I still think they're a little small. I still think they could be a couple of millimeters, you know, taller as far as the models are concerned. Because I still think they should be huge. As, you know, as as what they are. However, what it's what that book has done, good or bad, however you see it, it's suddenly made um, brought the psychic phase right back into the game on a larger scale. I think because it's there are this is predominantly there are arm, an arm, there's an army that is that uses that as their effectively as their shooting phase. If you if you look at it that way, or it can be played that way. Um, you've brought in two of the most, like I said, loved um, story, you know, background pieces with the Sisters of Silence, uh, but more so the Custodies uh, have been brought in. Um, and then, obviously, it's bringing in the Space Wolves as well, uh, which is absolutely great for the those, those <laughs> for the uh, for the Space Wolf uh, players out there and. I think that's then obviously generated two fantastic uh, Primark models. Yeah, there's a lovely sculpt in Magnus. That model yep. is... I've seen so uh, many show sculpts of that, show paint jobs of that one. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. And I have to say, though, I think the, the Russ model is actually really nice. It's most definitely when you put him on the display base with Magnus. The worst part with that is that it looks like he's dodging to the left to run away. Magnus. Yeah, post-wise. That, yeah, but uh, I, I think it, when they've got them on the on the display base, they work a hundred percent together. And I think yeah, that's but th that, that's why where he looks like he's running away because they, it has to do with the tilt of the head of uh, Ross on that on the, the assembly of that. that uh, Fair enough. So it, if you just tilt the head, it looks like he's uh, 
just lurking to the side to strike him in a, in a bit more opportune angle. Yeah, he's he's just going for that killer blow like the yeah. like the, uh, the executioner that he he's is. He's going to go for that knee to the back. <laughs> he, either that or he's going to spin spinning roundhouse kick Chuck Norris style and then roadhouse. you know just put yeah roadhouse. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I mean it's on those levels it's been fantastic. It's brought in one of the most. Uh, I still think one of the most evocative uh, parts of the heresy, which is actually pre-heresy. Technically, it took place before everything that happened at Ispan with the timelines and everything, although whatever, it comes out in the storyline, and et cetera, et cetera, with the burning of Prospero and what happened there. Um, and it's, you know, we've got two fantastic stories with Thousand Sons and uh, Burning of Prospero. And it, it Prospero. just... Prospero, Prospero Burns, also, sorry. I'm just going to put it out, out right now from the center is Magnus did nothing wrong. Three, two, one. And yes, there are the screams that we could hear. Um, just read Magnus, the book Magnus. <laughs> so that, that it's, it's brought that whole world to life. And again, like I said, as far as the game is concerned, it has made a huge impact on the meta, rightly or wrongly. There's been a massive shift and I think it's had a um, it's had a big impact on the narrative meta as well because I think there's uh, there's a real divisiveness about it because if you look at how the custodies are written, how their story is, as far as I know, and you guys feel free to correct me, they are very very inactive outside of uh, Prospero and. The soul system. Well, after after small... they assist uh, Lehman Russ in assaulting a loyalist planet, they withdraw yeah. to the webway as pun- uh, punishment. Well, yes. So it, it did oh, bring. There's a, a... There, there's a few audio dramas where where there's a few small custodies task force. Yeah, but the majority. The, like, the majority yeah. are on Terra or in the webway. Yeah, and this isn't, believe me, this isn't a directed moan at them being in the game because it's just made a massive impact on the narrative style because you want to then, especially as TOs, and that way you sort of don't want to deny someone the ability to play with an army, but it's also the story. You have to follow the fluff, sadly. Exactly. So that that that's my choice for something that's had a big, sort of massive impact on the on the heresy in the last eighteen months. And it's a good choice. Oh, thank you very much. I do appreciate that. Um, so I think uh, I think one, one thing I do want to talk about, though, um, is from our point of view, um, what's changed in the in the in the heresy of the community here within Sweden. Um, I mean, we have three podcasts. To be fair, going. to be fair, the biggest change. During the past 18 months in the community in Sweden was that I attended an event. Now we can talk about rest and everything. Well, yes, you did. Well done. Congratulations. <laughs> golf clap. Golf clap there, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I've managed to um, miss every other event for one or another reason. So. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Uh, but, you know, with, with that, I think the, the ma- there's been some massive um, impacts. Like we said, three podcasts. There's been growing... Um, gaming scenes. I mean, yes, we have our event series, which has, which started by uh, from Freddie running Lincoln to the podcast beginning to Scandus, yeah. and then what has become this year 
you know, sort of the massive city walls that will be built in the next years. The massive city city walls, yep. So, so there's well, been well, that. it's gone. It's gone from its humble beginnings, where we're like, oh, we're happy if we get thirty players. To, <laughs> yeah. To like, we have ten people down. Yeah, and international people coming from uh, internationally coming and traveling to to events, to uh, you know, with uh, other events up and running, like all the podcasts have run their own events, yeah, which has been fantastic. I even heard that uh, on the latest uh, Northern Heresy that uh, Linus is going to prepare an event up north sometime again. Oh, fantastic. He has, well, that's even better. He's going to do another one, which is really nice. So that, that's great. Um, and then we've got uh, strong scenes. There, there are strong scenes out in, um, out in Denmark as well um there is the guys who i mean we've we've literally the early part of this episode talked about being part of the uh bsk events uh which have been sort of gothcon and uh bsk and, and their their narrative going on which they also have played i believe that uh they've got a very strong club club level yeah they're they're running well they're restarting their basic club days in january next year Yep. So if you uh, look at awesome. the probably check that out. And let's look at the Boros. Definitely. Also, we got uh, quite a strong event scene down south in Sweden. We do. Um, we have, because um, we've got the, the boys in Vekwa, for example. Yeah. Um, the Dirty K. The Dirty K guys. And uh, there's a small... And they're running their slow grow, growth uh, campaign. Yeah, yeah we had Daniel see. We had Daniel come on the podcast to talk about that, which was awesome. And you should uh, uh, also check out uh, if they're releasing information about their event, but that's in our wrap-up later on, so you can probably listen to that one. It's the first event yep. there. Definitely. That's good to know. Um, so stay tuned for the wrap-up. And then, uh, obviously, you have the, so the the event series that's going on down here in Malmo as well. Um, and we have, you know, so many things that have oh, been don't, created. Don't, get, don't lose your heads, uh, is, Well, that's it's what I was saying. I did. Uh, said, yeah, we did mention that the podcast have been doing them, and yeah, exactly. Nicholas has been running those. Was it Nicholas and Morton running both uh, those? Uh, Nicholas. Is Morten it Nicholas's uh, baby? Morton is doing fuck all. I think. More, well, more, well, more he attends off there and doing, plays. He attends, he attends and gets the uh, awards. <laughs> yeah, what's he call it? Does he call it his own award at the event? I'm not sure. What's he referred to he, as? He did a nice uh, little kneel and uh, power pose with it. Did he really? Okay, yeah, fair I enough. I think we That's actually good. have that on video. But, uh, That's awesome. Uh, I, just got, I just have to say that since we were mentioning the events, there is an event quite soon in Skåne. The latest yeah. installment of the Avaria series. So, yeah, that's taking place in a couple of weeks' time, actually. Yeah, uh, so I thought I'd put it out there in case there is space left. I'm not sure because I'm not going, but I think you are, aren't you? Yeah, I think uh, um, six, 16 spots have uh, been filled. Yeah, I'm pl- one of those uh, should be mine. I have I yeah, have put myself towards my tent. Jody. And, uh, well, take that as a reason to show up or not. It's your choice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame you either way. Don't, uh, don't, I don't stay away for down. the sake of Jody because he's got a really nice beard that you can touch. You can. I'm, I'm you don't have to ask. You just have to touch it. Well, I would prefer that you at least give me a few few seconds of warning before you do anything, uh, just so I don't try and defend myself. But, um, you know, <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, you are welcome to come up and ask if you can stroke the beard, if nothing else. Um, but yeah, there's, so there's definitely myself, and there's definitely um, 
Nicholas from Don't Lose Your Head that will be there, uh, and lots of the other guys from down south here as well will be there. Uh, hopefully, the the, some of the Danes Eric. are coming over. Well, Eric is uh, coming. Ah, oh, that's all right then. That, that's that's the drinking and the uh, the mind melting, um, you know, naked belly dances sorted uh, for me anyway. Apparently, yeah. Um, <laughs> you might now wonder, dear listener, why this is pertinent to our discussion, but this is one of the biggest changes in the heresy because a few years ago there were non, no events, and then there was one event, and there was four events, and now there's been I can't re- can't even remember how many events there's been this year in Sweden. It's and that's just within within the, the within Sweden and, Den, and events in Denmark as well, and we yeah. can't forget that. And you know, Norway and Finland have their scene as well. So I mean, it's just been it's absolutely exploded in the last eighteen months, and it's just so good for the for the well, community. Minimum, there is one big heresy event each month. Yeah, about that. I think that, I think that, that's a fair point. I think it works out about one big heresy event every month, which uh, if you can attend, you probably clock up some good air miles or, or road miles on your car, but it's definitely worth it because the, 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 the guys are absolutely awesome. And the best part is you're almost spoiled for choice. If you want to attend a more hardcore event, you probably could. If you want to attend a purely narrative-driven event like BSK, you could do that as well without feeling bad that there's no events on for you. Yeah, it's a very wide spectrum, which is rather awesome. Um so I think it's it's rather rather fitting that we sort of take that and, and sort of wander into the next topic because what are what are some of the experiences? Can you think of experiences from our times doing the pod notable experiences from doing the podcast? I think that's a, the best way I can put it without probably getting us into good ones or bad ones. Notable. So notable could be Either or. <laughs> so it's, it's well, how much do we want to get ourselves in trouble is the question. Roll th- triple zeros. Triple. <clears throat> yeah. Zero. Blood sacrifices. People falling asleep during recordings of militia episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's just to show that we're actually human, most of us. Well, even and Fre- also even we Freddy recorded bleeds. fucking, fucking nighttime. Yeah. Even Freddy bleeds. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Well, yeah. But I know Chris cries for me because I can't cry. So that's, that's how good. Uh, we, we, ha- we work as a team. I we must, divide the emotional... I must, I must uh, yeah. admit that I t- actually can't cry. Literally can't cry. Uh, that's why it's been my problem. Is it yeah. fine? Fair enough, at least I know now. Uh, right. right, okay. Well, I, what we can do is I'll give you uh, three three of my, my top three of best moments and I give you... Uh, like, just give it the balance and Chris happy. I'll give you a worst moment that ended up being a good moment. Let's okay. Uh, well, the, let's we'll, start, we'll do let's that. Start with we'll all of do us that. just doing best moments, and then we can do balancing moments. <laughs> well, buddy, you lead the way, buddy. You lead the way. What's your What's your top three best moments then? Uh, my first one is my, the first time we the first Lincoln event I I I organized, and I was I was like shit. I didn't have enough terrain. I was going to borrow from the 40k guys. Uh, we you were, were talking to me at one point, weren't you? As well, I I don't put letters and stuff. It, it, we're going to go citizen soldier. Like the Malmo guys was going to bring like a table. People that could bring a table would bring a table, and it was all these people. And I think it was the first time because uh, I went to Avarii, uh, which was just before Lincoln, and then so I met the, some of the Malmo people, and then. 
it was like because people were coming from north of Sweden, people were coming from middle of Sweden, and we had like in the end, I think we had twenty twenty eight players because uh, we had some last minute dropouts. But it, like it's me. like <laughs> like you, yeah, and we had, <laughs> yeah, and you. Uh, but the thing is, like, all these people hadn't seen each other and they talked on Facebook and the forum and the only thing they had in common was the love for, for the heresy. And you're seeing that I just, like, decided to do a 30K event out of nothing. And I even decided that before Avaria happened because I've already booked in the table, like, the year before to think of. Because basically you book... Like, we, we get the notification email from the committee because normally I'm, I'm organizing claims of war or I did before I did all the heresy stuff and you get like an email uh, roughly around this time early November end of October to book book it in so I booked it in and I, and I thought like well shit and then when it came closer and closer to the date like shit will I pu- pull this off like I, I obvious kind of like, like I don't know any people play <laughs> 30k uh, none of my mates are playing 30k I kind of swindled two of them I also swindled Nicholas because we were playing in the full, uh, Flames of War tournament, and I said, like, "Fuck, Nicholas, you stay, stay on and jump in, like because we're we're on odd numbers. So just jump in, and you can borrow my Raven Guards, and you know you can play the Bi Army, and and he is like, oh, I don't know anything about this 30k shit. Yeah, you know, he he wasn't that bitter as he, <laughs> he is now, but he he was semi bitter." No, no, it's uh, total better because he's running Medusa and Immortals all the time. Yeah, and and, he, and he's like, okay, I'll I'll borrow your Raven guards. I don't know the rules or anything. And and I organized some pr- prices and shit, and it just ended up being like a massive success. And everyone had like super fun, and we went out at the the pub and just took it up, and and people just started chatting, and it was like. It just felt like a family straight away. It was pretty cool. Yeah. And the event was just top notch, and you know, everyone had fun. And suddenly, you know, that was the thing. <laughs> so that, yeah. that's my number one. Yeah. Uh, number two is, uh, uh, well, used to help Max trolling uh, was to <laughs> give, give the Warlord Titan to the raffle winner. That was pretty good. Like it was pretty awesome. Felt so good, and you know. Guy bought like a, I said hi to his missus and everything, and you know photos are on on our Facebook page. Number three was catching up with all the other podcast people uh, from all over the world, except fucking Tim and Michael for on Adept, like at the Adepticon, playing that late night game with JP and, and shit and Ryan and stuff, and uh, I had so much fun. Like I, I think that late night fucking heresy. Oh, that, that that was that is probably one of my like top number three heresy games ever. That was like we had so much fun, and I think I think seventy percent about that was about the beer and and JP and I hitting <laughs> it off straight off. Even though he's a fucking anar- anarchistic socialist weasel, and I'm like straight laced boozed fucking army person, we're we're still like we still quote fucking rogue trader fluff and. We just love learn the, the, learn the so history much. of learn the history of every single um, fucking member of his ar- guards, you know, line officer and his and everything in his uh, his army. But but it's funny though, like being being so different and yet so similar, 
it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. No. So that that was fucking awesome. They, they like they, they, everyone's just top blokes. Yeah, it was so fun, and yeah, staying at Chris's place in Texas and oh, that fucking thing that was like that entire America trip, besides getting detained, was pretty good. Cool. So that's your, that's your top three. What about you, Chris? What are your top three, buddy? Well, <laughs> well, uh... top three. That oh, that's a hard one. No. <laughs> well, part of my top three. The first one is actually your fucking Tarantula against my Empress. <laughs> your hmm? your Tarantula battery against my fucking Empress champion. Oh yeah, that's that's a brilliant one, but that's not my favorite moment. That's uh... <laughs> even though. You... You did fail, fail to kill him with your champion. Yeah, <laughs> Less than a Tarantula battery. But uh, it's all of the people, all of the podcasters and all of the other people, the mere mortals, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to put it like that. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, well, all of the people that I've talked to and met uh, during the past 18 months, since we started the podcast and before that with Heresy because the community is strong and it's getting stronger and that's one of my really big favorite parts is that it's nice to see how much people people has gone into it and how much effort people put into everything yeah, yeah and everyone's so fucking supportive and friendly it's yeah. almost disgusting <laughs> yeah, but uh, just like uh, at uh, Scandus, when people basically went out of the way, way to help each other, even though it might, well, cost them their game or cost them their soul, I'm not sure. But that's just in the dungeon. Well, uh, that was that was everyone except uh, Morton and fucking uh, Nicholas. They just retarded. No, no. But well, they they already so, they sold the their dungeon. souls already. They'd already sold their souls. That was the problem. They had no credit. <laughs> and it's sad that we don't really have, or at least I don't have as awesome of a, a time living as Freddie do, for some reason. If you just listen, well, you just listen to your story with the international travels and late night heresy. And I'm tr- trying to find figure out what we're, the we're, second we're is. We're doing late night heresy right now. It's fucking... <laughs> no. Yeah. It's dark outside. It's been it dark, it's been dark since three p.m. <laughs> that, that is true. That's very true. Yay, winter in Sweden! Woohoo! <laughs> well, to be fair, it will be worse until the twenty-first of December. Then it will be lighter, starting to get lighter again. That's beside right, the point. Ra- random meme, meme moment I saw on the internet earlier is hello, the, the line "Hello darkness, my old friend" from the the song Simon and Garfunkel song. It's like it's like that and then it's like but why the hell are you here at three o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> it's like did you get the message <laughs> anyway sorry Chris carry on bud well the second thing what are you actually supposed to be talking about I forgot well you you the, the one podcast? that just said that we had to do three positive things yeah, I, I was I was going to have a rant yeah. but I well, wasn't you, allowed you to in a minute mate you get your rant in a minute That's all I good. am stalling for time <laughs> okay well, you can't stall for time and tell people you're stalling for time. That's cheating. Then you're just blagging for time, which is something different. So, have you had enough time, or do I need to keep putting superfluities out there for, you know, fucking time? Or do you want to come back to it? Um, 
I have actually... It's hard to just put down three big moments, so to speak. Given that what about... What about this tarantula thing? But I, I don't oh. even remember the story. Oh, that's the tarantula is when uh, I went to Stockholm to play with play with Freddy. Okay. Not against Freddy, with Freddy. Uh, last summer. And, uh, yeah, we're playing... Uh, I think we played, like, 1,500 points, uh, Iron Hands versus uh, Empress Children. And yep. one of the few things I had left on the table was my tarantula battery with the twin last cannons. And that one, that one has fucked up some... Some of Freddy's transports and even killed stuff in the transports. Didn't have to kill the fucking Spartan, but, oh, but <laughs> immobilize the first time. Yeah, he managed. You to took him. a Spartan in a fifteen hundred point game, Freddy. Yeah, Shame. And, and he immobilized. Shame. He immobilized into a fence or a hedge. The first thing that happened in the game. Carbic, was fucking, was a fucking shrubbery. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he was, he was got stuck there in the. That, no, that took, was a shrubbery. That was an Alpha Legion operative. That's what that yeah. was. I think it took <laughs> like uh, three. Turns or something, Freddy to repair it, and my <laughs> and my Volkai team did some massive damage to all of his army. But Beautiful. the most lovely thing was the the tarantula twin scanners basically sat out in the open and uh, killing stuff. And then Freddy just decided, "I'm going to take my uh, Legion champion and, sh- and uh, charge it," and he fluffed all of his attacks <laughs> against the stationary sentry gun. That can't hit back. <laughs> also, uh, and, and then I had to swap to the fucking stupid melter bombs, and they refused to hit. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It was fucking indestructible. <laughs> so, so they had to take idle on there and uh, the command squad to kill it in the end. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> it took idle on and a command squad to kill it <laughs> because oh. because the champion couldn't do fuck could do fuck all with his. Obviously, his fucking promotion was political. There's nothing to do with his fucking skills. But that's what you get for sleeping with the captain. Mm. Or being the captain's sword boy. Yeah. <laughs> the sheath for the captain's sword. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that's awesome. Sorry, I can't remember that story. That's just brilliant. That's just totally yeah. made me smile. That's awesome. Um, it uh, it's, uh, it really was the MVP in that game, that uh, Tarantula battery, with its massive ballistic skill two, whatever it had at the moment. Stupid. Ballistic skill two, weapon skill seven, can't be hit. <laughs> Ducks and weeks with ultimate agility. <laughs> it was, I actually it was think that uh, Freddy did roll those triple zeros at that time. Yeah, it was probably. Do you know what it was mounted on? It was mounted on slinkies, so it just bounced from different directions. Yeah. <laughs> Duck and weave. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, sorry. <laughs> that's just so cool. So do you have a third memory that sort of comes to you from the from the past sort of eighteen months of doing stuff together on the uh, with the podcast or heresy in general? Well, I gotta say the podcast in that case. Because that's been a, a really fun thing to do over the last uh, eighteen months, over the last fifty episodes. Especially when I'm being away. <laughs> nah, just in general because <laughs> when I when I fail to make Fail to make a, be able to be be able to record. I tend to whine a bit, so, you, so people know that in the, in the background. So, 
Well, we, we 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 always miss each other when we're not on the podcast, and you know we yeah. do we do our fair bit to so obviously you know roast them roast the the, the missing it, people it, when they're not there. Even all the personal PMs we got was like the the beardless episode was the best episode, and yeah, uh, we're not allowed to say that, are we? Uh, well, you just did, you cunt. Yeah. Also, so there we are. Also, if people want to send me PMs, they can. It's just that no one does. Oh, <laughs> oh! Okay. Fair I, enough. I, I might not reply, but uh, or or even check them out because they will probably go into the other folder on Facebook by default. <laughs> the spam folder. Yeah, unless you friend me. But yeah, I'm not like Jody. I don't breed cults. Hey, well, yeah, okay, fair point. Can't disagree with that. You even had a uh, cult highlight list on Facebook the other day, admit it. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, so, my turn, I guess. Um, top three moments from, from the heresy and, and sort of the podcast and everything. You do, you do realize we saved the whole painting course deliberately. What? <laughs> well,. So you could have some favorite moments. Oh, well, that's that. Thank you so much for being a benevolent benefactor there, Freddie. Oh, wait, uh, wait. Uh, my third favorite moment is the painting course that I did in the tank. <laughs> that's fine. It, would, it didn't even. It, well, I don't know if it would have made my top three. Yeah, yeah, boo shucks. Um, no, I think um, number one, what's going to be number one? In no particular order. Um, I think actually getting the podcast up and running and, and, and what it's become has been brilliant. Um, it was it, it literally started off as a, an excuse to talk to people whilst I was painting my Iron Warriors excuse me uh, whilst I was painting my Iron Warriors um, and then vastly became an idea of well we can actually do a podcast why uh, the fuck did you guys want to talk to me I have no idea you're the one who said you were interested in talking to to me, so fuck it, I, you know I wasn't going to complain until, until you decided otherwise um, and then uh and then you know, I mean, we had uh, we we joke about this all the time. We had Jens on as well, but Jens decided to go and do his own thing. He had to uh, do a Stevie Nicks and go his own way, and did that. And so the community got better because now it has two pod- it had two podcasts at that point. Yeah, um, and both of the podcasts had magnificent beards. Do oh. exactly. Um, what would be my so yeah? Having the podcast up running would be the first oh, one. I know, I know, I know, I know. Oh, then. Getting divorced. Uh, no, not a highlight. Next uh, side, thank you. No, 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 it's between me and Lex. Okay, <laughs> fuck you, Lex, then, if that's the case. Um, thank you very fucking much. Uh, no, not a highlight by any shape or means, but it will be when the paperwork finally goes through, I'm sure. Um, no, um, now I've lost my train of thought. Um, you were talking about the podcast and how it started, and then Freddie yeah, wondered yeah. why he was in the podcast. And yeah, to be exactly. fair, sometimes we do that, wonder that as well. <laughs> we definitely do occasionally. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think I think um, I think the first Scandus has to be uh, has to be one has to be a highlight for sure um, because it was my it, well it wasn't my first event for Heresy. But it was a sort of combination of what we've been talking about, and I think it was literally the first time I, I met Freddie um, and Chris mm-hmm. actually in Pundo. Did we we met during the summer, didn't we, Chris? We met during the summer because you came yeah, down to the had where some I was working. And yeah, so 
that was so that that was fun. But then with um, it was the first time that we met. Uh, we we all sort of met together in one place, and that was that was a lot of fun. And then there was the infamous podcast battle, and you know all I'm the games. Sure we uh, Didn't we meet? No, because oh, I remember I never made link on. Um, and the Avario games, the, the Avario game that you came to was actually after, um, after that. So that was uh, that was actually the second time that you came down for Avario. Um, it, it, it's all an age of darkness for the, to me, mate. Uh, it's true. It's it's fair. It's <laughs> totally understandable. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and uh, uh, then uh, so that's that's number two because that that was an absolute blast. Um, you know, and, and a, a hell of an education that uh, foot slogging armies versus knights and uh, super heavies doesn't go down too well. Unless you're Angron. Unless you're Angron. Oh yeah, because yeah, a little little uh, sub 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 or subheading on that particular sub thread on that that highlight was Angron pimp flipping um, knights around like there was no tomorrow and. And uh, the Ang- night joust. And the night joust, basically walking up and punking uh, Fulgrim with a stomp. <laughs> that was just epic. That was just total, total soul. That sell that was. Poor man. Uh, Poor fucking Morton. Yeah, but he he took it with good grace, and he won a fucking prize off it. So I don't think you can bitch too much. Um, he got a prize off me, me killing him nicely. Um, so that was fun. Killing me nicely with this. Oh, with this stomp, there we are. Yeah, with this stomp. Yeah, there Didn't you go. He actually, <laughs> make a token as well from. He did. He brought it to this year. Yeah, he brought awesome. it this year as a melted down, <laughs> squished down. Uh, and, and he made that program. awesome cartoon. The and cartoon. Also fa- yeah, and this also, thanks want to the Anything and everything related to Scandus, the first Scandus has to be the second highlight. Um, yeah. Well, it made that was... uh, podcast happen. Don't it did. Your fucking head. Yeah, it did. Actually, yeah, that's where it came from. Yeah. So, we well, launched. Gives heads and takes heads. Yeah. Um, what was the next? What was the next one? What's been the next one? Um, uh, Jesus, highlights. Um, Do you want Lex? To know? <laughs> Do you want Lex to to tell you what the highlight is? Oh. I'll, I'll give my next highlight, and then you can give me the Lex feedback. This I, already yeah. did, I already give you the Lex feedback. I'm oh, that sorry. was Lex feedback. Okay, fair enough. Then, then, I, had then. Like, I had like a couple of ounces of whiskey, so... Uh, fair a, enough. I'm getting a bit happy. Good. I'm glad. Uh, oh, this is why you, you're tormenting me. You're getting a bit happy. Okay, that's fair enough. We understand how this is now. It's all zeros, uh, mate. It's Fucking all zeros, zero. mate. Trip zeros, and that's how yeah, it is. I love it. Uh, Talk a bit I'm faster trying to get to so we don't one. get to the triple zeros again and then the blood flows. And then... <laughs> <laughs> but that's where the gold is. That's where this podcast lives, in the gold. Yeah, but uh, um, the, 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 the one cares not. We, we, we've heard the stories uh, after Freddy did the last thing about how much he had to clean and how much people didn't, <laughs> people didn't really appreciate the entire laundry room was being covered in blood. Uh, okay, okay, all right. Third, third highlight, third highlight. Um, third highlight, where's the third highlight in this? Oh, there's been so fucking many, it's been crazy. Um, do you know what? Third highlight has to be, I, I think fair to say, is actually has been Scandus this year. Um, for a number, again, there's going to be a number of reasons why, but I, I think they're important. First of all, and it's, it's its own thing, and we're going to talk about it in a minute, 
the charity raffle that just you know that this scandal it was a whole new step up past expectations absolutely brilliant Scandus was a fantastic event this year with lots of new people coming along and trying stuff and having fun. Um, I switched to, we switched over to all of us TOing the event, which was really good fun as well. Um, and the the just just how everything has grown and seeing you know old rivalries and new rivalries and stuff that come over the last eighteen months and and stuff was just absolutely awesome. So. Um, yeah, that's uh, that has to be my top three. Um, number four, quick little in there, obviously getting set, starting up as a commission painter because that's kind of heresy and kind of stuff, but that's far far more personal on that one. Um, so subtle, like a um, no, I'm not subtle. But... Like somebody asking me if my divorce has been the best thing, <laughs> best thing in the heresy. Um, that's number five. Okay, we'll go with that as number five. There we are. Top five rounded out. There we are. Done. Um, so, should we get back onto what what but, was the low light, Freddie? Because you got to you said you had all, a rap. It's also the the best thing that happened for the podcaster because like every okay. second week, it's so easy to record with you. Well, it is. It does make life a lot. And to be fair. Most of the time, you do sound a bit happier. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, it it has definitely been a positive thing in its own way. That is that is for I, sure. I thought that when he was allowed to drink again. Well, that too. I just got to buy some drink to actually drink it now. <laughs> I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna be smart and say this all save this all commission painting thing by saying that that you got to meet the guy in person and hand him the night thing. That's how I built well, that. Well, no, because I was going to be, see, I was going to be really cheeky and actually make that a completely different thing a little bit later on and talk about right. personal achievements for everybody in the last year. Personal but, achievements. Yeah, because it's then we've got your raffle to talk about and we've God got Chris coming to an event as well. You know, <laughs> yeah, three massive oh, achievements yeah, personally. Well, of course, they're big for all of us. I think that's but only fair. To, to be fair, we you have... already decided our own personal achievements. I like this. Yeah. Somebody already decided my fucking highlights. Yeah. So. <laughs> and now that we mentioned them, yeah. Freddie, you said you had uh, something that uh, was bad but ended up good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, the one thing, uh, and I'm going to try not to take it because out of too many people, but... The one thing was uh, actually meeting 40k-ish players in the Heresy uh, in the beginning, and it actually spurred me into uh, first a lot of anger management issues, but then I sat down and started doing the FAQ, and the Rangan Heresy FAQ has fucking grown out of control because I think like anything from Vegas to Weird Tasmania is now running parts of the Rangan Heresy FAQ. So, and uh, is, and I can say you can you can talk about um, Victoria as well because AJ and the boys are using it up there. Yeah. So it's uh, you know, yeah, and we so the, we're, we're getting messages about uh, the FAQ yeah. quite often. And if anyone wants it, they could just contact us and we send it over. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. So that's a good. One. Was it was was that the one that you were going to go on the rant for, Freddie? Because that seemed pretty pretty no, tame. Was a rant. You said you was wanted to go on a rant earlier. What the hell? I was well, geared up for rants and everything. Well, then I scalded a whole glass of whiskey. Now, now oh, I don't feel like ranting anymore. Now I'm happy. Ah, you barely feel like anything some... anymore. Yeah, that's true. I don't. I don't <laughs> feel feelings. But 
Yeah, no, so so that was pretty cool. Like it, it all started, and I know that the the thing with 40k compared to 30k is that like at 30k it wasn't that many issues, but there were still loopholes. And I know that fucking Radio Free East was keeps going, but it's Ryan or fucking Dreadnought and shit. I think it was like the not last episode, but the episode before that. <laughs> and, uh, and, and stuff. Says intended, yes. Yes, I know. Like sometimes it's just holy fuck, it never ever rocks up or in a game. But what what happens happened after uh, this particular event was that I fucking I sat down and I said like, okay, well, this makes no sense. It's allowed by the rules, but it makes no sense. So I just readjusted, and then from those three first pages that the FAQ was for Lincoln. It has grown to like uh, I think it's like an eight-page document, mm-hmm. but but it is it is generally considered being pretty good. So most people use all of it. Some people use eighty percent. Some people use only use half of it. Um, yeah, but it it, it, it seemed like you, uh, you don't have to use it. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to use it. <laughs> but most most people actually really like it and think it's good. And I know I have. You know, even though Ryan is probably biased because he's been on the show and, you know, we have hugged and I've touched his beard. Uh, he 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 really loves it, which is you was, know, was it good, was it nicer good, than my beard? Uh, a little bit. But he, he, he's perfectly. <gasps> he, he's he's super tall. Like he, he's a real real tall man. No, no, he's kidding. He, he's pretty short. And that's why I love him. I like short girls. Anyway, uh, so. Uh, like so, I got really good feedback from him, really good feedback from Tim and Michael, and, and you know, really good feedback from all, all all across the board. And most people are implementing it, and it's become it's grown into like some inter community sort of FAQ. And I know that uh, the Avari guys take some stuff of it. I know BSK runs it flat out, uh, and I know Nicholas runs it flat out, and I know. I, I, I'm not sure if the Linus up in North runs it straight off the bat, but still, that's like fucking four out of five. So, yeah, uh, it's, it's in, been just in Sweden. So, yeah, it's been a major, major thing that uh, uh, has really helped out a lot of things. So, it's, you know, it's not to sit and blow trumpets, but it's been a great thing where you can just literally blitz through, go, "What's this answer?" I mean, hell, I I used it. This I actually used it this year. At Scandus, which you know is it shouldn't be a shock, but it was just right. What's this? Okay, this is what we're running. This is what it is. There you go, job done. And it was just quick and easy, and it, it avoided a lot of arguments, which was the most important thing. It's just a, a good degree of common sense in there, you know. Yeah. And it was awesome. So that that was that was sort of low light into a highlight. Um, what about you, Chris? Any lowlights into highlights or nothing podcast related? So, any anything you want to shout or? No, it just uh, it's uh, been quite an adjustment from doing no podcast. Well, unless, uh, other than guest part and part of another podcast from the beginning, but to having this podcast and trying to get trying to keep it running. For this long, yeah, finding the drive, find the motivation, and well, you two have helped a lot, and also having the events to talk about, and, and now the 
the event series to help work out because we're mainly been helpers, you and I before. Now we're actually nominally in it. Nominally, nominally in it, more or less glorified helpers. But we're roadies. Yeah, we just uh, have to dine on the scraps on Freddy's well, table. But uh, little beardies. <laughs> No, but with the, yeah. with the roadies band. Well, we were basically just roadies about no, shouting stuff up out before. And now we're helping it out and helping it grow. For uh, real. Hang on, hang on. Does this mean I get? I basically, I've gone. I've gone from being Chris Farley running over to pick up the downed microphone in Wayne's World and breaking down in tears on the stage to, you know, like Garth backstage organizing stuff. No, you became yeah. you became uh, the cord to the microphone. Uh, well, I'll take that. That works. Uh, but that's when we started. As we said, we didn't really aim to do a podcast as more just of a hobby chat, and then trying to find a drive eighteen months in to continue. Some sometimes it has been harder than maybe it should have been. Just that we have so much to do outside of the podcast. But having the podcast to come back to and talk, you sit sit here. And talk with each other and talk to you and with you, listeners. It's been awesome. Yeah. It's what, it what makes it worth it. Worth it. Okay. Do you, is it okay if I pop on and uh, jump on and do my low to a high now? Because I think that's kind oh, of... No one wants to hear that. Let's go on to the next point. <laughs> well, fuck you then. I'm going to do it anyway because I have the power of the host. God damn it. Yeah. Well, obviously, relating to relating to Christopher's okay for, because the fact he does the editing yeah. at the so moment. He's going to mute the post recording and <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. There's only, there's only one caveat to this. Okay. It's not allowed to be like, uh, no. and then I didn't have a job, and then I became like, and I started up this uh, fucking uh, painting shop, and now it's so awesome. But it's not allowed to be that. It has to be something else. So what's our next topic then? Because <laughs> fuck you, that was the pin one of the best things that happened to me all year. I know. <laughs> so fuck you. Well, um, if you're going to be like this, I don't fuck have you, a job you, and you, I don't have a painting service. Yeah, well, shush, better of you. Fine, I'm going to get my, I'm going to be get my cathartic shit out of the way right now because fuck it, it's been a low to a high. So, dear listeners, you get to listen to listen to this, or you get to skip forward about three or four minutes. Your choice. So, yes, thanks to Lex pointing it out and it being snuck in really fucking quickly. Uh, yeah, uh, low to a high. Uh, yeah, my world went to shit about last October um, as uh, stuff happened in my personal life, and my wife left me, uh, which. Some people go through, and I have two kids, and that was absolutely horrible. And we took a bit of a break podcast as things slowed down a little bit. And uh, it's actually been a, been a massive part of me keeping myself sane. Uh, well, as sane as I can be with these two and the rest of the mongrels that do podcasting around the world. But it's been absolutely awesome. And being able to chat to you guys that listen and do stuff has been great. And... Being able to get into doing things like bringing the guys over for from MKA to run a painting course and being in a position to help that happen and learning from it. And then, yeah, kicking balls number two, I lost my job. It happens. Um, but to then take those skills and 
pull myself out of it a bit more and start up a commission painting service, which I am quite literally sat doing now as we are talking as I'm working <coughs> on the commission. And as Freddie quite rightly said, I got to um, actually, just by pure chance, um, paint up, uh, hand out to the person who won the, the night house I painted up for the um, for the raffle at Scandus, which was absolutely awesome, and it was uh, really a topping moment of the uh, of all that stuff for the, from the last year. So, yes, ex-wife jokes will happen. Um, I, I am a lot happier in that respect than I was. And uh, yeah, thanks to you guys and to these two mongrels who do this with me for putting up with all that stuff and, and making it fun again. So, uh, yeah, there you go, Freddie. Sorry, I had to get that bit of content in. But uh, that was my load to high. So thank you very much for that, guys. Now, we get too, too miserable and start breaking out the red wine or the port. What's our next topic to go on to? Nothing um, wrong with port. Pardon? Nothing wrong with port. Port is, isn't a miserable, miserable drink. Port is, no. That's, uh... What is a miserable drink? What is what? What should we drink if we're miserable? Because I don't think we can drink and be miserable. Can you? Or, you should drink Koskin Korva and you should cut yourself. Ah, no, I'm, it's not the eighties and eighties and nineties anymore. I don't know. Uh, I've been an exchange student to Finland. <laughs> <laughs> I know how it works. Dated goth girls. Yeah, no, fair point. Um, but no, my oh god was because questions from listeners have we got anything to talk about before we get into this uh, no we don't have anything to talk about but we are going to have an extra musical break because this segment has gone on up for a bit of a bit of a time yeah and they might need a little share me up currently so. yeah sounds like a good plan well rather than get dragged into dragged into the downs you guys Reload your, reload your drinks while we go and do the same and we'll be right back after ooh, I think it should be after another song from the Beards if we can tuck one in here or some sort of janky interluding music how about, how about that Chris? Yeah we'll sort something out That's like a bad, we'll be right back after this
And we're back from that little musical interlude. So, yes, it's time to move on to the questions from listeners. Um, okay, so <laughs> shall, I'll st- can I start with the first one? Do you mind? Do you mind if I do that? I think it's important. I'd like to do that one. Uh, this is from this is from Lex. Why is there such a lack of Lex on the podcast? I think you janky fucker, you've had enough on there tonight as it is. <laughs> Um, however, in general, you're more than welcome to come on the podcast at any point and join us and have some fun. And yeah, yeah, I reckon uh, we could have a Legion episode or so, if nothing else, with him on. Yeah, I think we could yeah. definitely bring him on. And if he's good enough, we can just replace Jody straight up. Ah, fair enough. Whatever works. Well, he, uh, he is the king of Sparta. This, so. Yeah, this is true. Um, so yes, there is. Um, and I, there has definitely been enough Lex on this podcast for a little while. However, um, the, the, there's something about a variety show in here. What, yeah, what am I missing? Uh, that's something uh, that we t- talked about in the more private chat, but I thought we could mention it here as well. And it is okay. ideas from a night with Lex hobby variety show. I, it, I'm the one calling it a variety show. He's the one calling it that he might wanted to do like an hour and a half webcast or something. Fair enough. So he wanted ideas, or intimated that he wanted ideas, so I thought we could just put it out here and we can talk about it and ruin it for him. Yeah. Uh, A a, a variety night with Lex sounds like something that involves hammers and chisels right now. Um, No, I'm kidding. Um, Seriously, it it would be a lot of fun, actually. I think it would be a lot of fun. Um, And... uh, you know, Lex is a great guy, and there's uh, a lot of stuff that we could uh, definitely talk about. Um, I think it'd be fun to get him to do to come on the show, actually, and do a variety segment every now and then. That could be fun, or a, or a section with Lex. That uh, you know, late night with Lex, something like that. It'd have to have some suitably cheesy saxophone music, though. Yes, uh, a bit of uh, Gary Rafferty or something. Something like that. As long as long as it, it was basically borderline porn music I think that would work fine you know or something like that yeah something like that Freddie but with um, you know with a saxophone and sounding that you know was, good that was me that was, was, that you, was that you I thought Freddie was joining in see I was um, trying to be nice to everybody yeah but don't ruin my Baker Street don't like get me involved with this shit <laughs> <laughs> well I'm sorry, Chris, and tough shit, Freddie. You get dragged in whether you like it or not. That's the whole part of this. Well, it, it would have been better if no one said anything because I'm shit at whistling. So, ah, well, we, we, we've blown that one, but you do have the power of editing, Chris, to fix it. So that's yeah, the that's important true. part. That's uh, the important. Part. I also got. I must admit that I did ask Lex to provide reasons why he should be on the podcast more in audio clips, but they didn't want to start in a drama. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, well, we yeah. Anyway, um, that worked. Eh? <laughs> that worked. Yeah. So but, but let's move on. Let's move on to the next one. It would be really good if you were to make a sort of show, because, and uh, we are happy to bounce ideas back and forth if you want want to. And I'd happily. Be, I think we'd all happily be guests on there as well for you, um, if nothing else, because it would be a hell of a laugh. Okay. So yeah. Um, should we do the next question? Do you want to read this one out, Chris? Uh, yeah, and this is from Magnus, who was with us on the Dark Kingdoms episode. And that is, how would you beat the amount of Titans at Adepticon when it comes to Scandus? 
2018. Well, so how would we get the ready? most amount of Titans, Freddy? Yes. yes. <laughs> how do we? Did you even hear the question? Yeah, the amount of Titans. How are we going to beat them? Yeah. Yes. Oh. How are we going to do it? We are basically going to make everyone order Titans, which we already <laughs> had. It's true. There, there may or may not be um, a warlord or few showing up. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and I know someone that's uh, got a painting service that paint Titans. Yes, I do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm actually already painting several of them. <laughs> I may, yeah. I, may, I may already be commissioned to do several of them, which is going to be a lot of no, fun. No, but I think it, 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 the plan is that right now, everyone we're talking to, everyone that I'm talking to, mm-hmm. uh, it's just like, hey, dude, what do you do for your heresy? It's like, oh, yeah, no, I do some fucking raving guys and shit. It's like, do you even do Titans, bro? Do you Titans? Do you Titan, bro? Do you Titan, bro? And then they're like, um... what do you mean? And you have to, and, and the thing is, like, to go back to BSK, and and people seeing the revert and suddenly I don't like if I got like a, a fucking a hundred bucks for every time a person walked by and I said fuck I need to buy I need to buy the Titan now I need to buy a revert I need to buy a Warhound uh, I think Titans are here to stay the next fucking event where you can have unlimited Lord of Wars <coughs> scanners you will you will have you will see Titans like you've never seen Titans before. And also hashtag fucking Titan Joust lives in yes. its own for two thousand eighteen. Oh, Fuck so... this we've done Night Joust, that's so last year. Now now it's all about the Titans. Let's do two thousand seventeen. speaking of Titans, should we spoil something for the raffle next year? Well, it seems like you want to spoil something, Chris. So why don't Go you spoil something? Go on, spoil it. But I don't have all the details. You do. Do I? Yeah, well, you, <laughs> should. you should. You should do by now. Yeah. And, well, if you don't uh, want to buy your Titan Maniple or maybe not want to paint it up yourself, look forward to that. Maniple as well. Yeah. Look forward. It's not even like if you wanted to buy your Titan or paint your Titan. We've already done a single Titan, haven't we? Yeah, I know, that's true. That's uh, so last, last year. Yeah. yeah, even further back. So, basically, if you don't want to buy one yourself or paint one yourself, and that is Manipals we're talking about, look forward to the information about the raffle that will be really published probably soon enough. Yep, I think we we talked we talked about per- dropping it dropping it like it's hot at the beginning of 2018. I do believe, uh, which will be plenty of time for us to uh, get get some real hype train steam up and ready to go. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, very much looking forward to that one. Yeah, but so, maybe save your Christmas money for the charity next year. Yeah, that's definitely so. How, so how do we beat it? We set out an event that says "Bring it" <laughs> and raise the hashtag, hashtag "Do you Titan Bro or do you even yeah. God Machine?" Um, you know, well, both of those. Machine work. belongs to us. Yeah, you can't veto us. Yeah, you can't. You can't. You can't veto us. We are a Titan Legion. So, um, in short, Magnus, that's how you beat the amount of Titans on Lepticon. Yep. 
<laughs> oh, make I'd... it all be about the titles. Yes. Yeah. Although, you know, don't let that scare you if you don't know the title. It'll be fine. It'll be great. Um, so the next question, uh, Max. Good old Max from Road to Terror, the man who uh, came over here, drank all the beer, puked up in the women's mouths and, you know, Realized. took home two... <laughs> He took home two pieces of cutlery, and uh, you know, what, what are we going to do? Well, he also realized that there are signs in hotel corridors that directly allude to him. Yeah, well, we we laid those ones out for him. Um, so his first question: What does it feel like being international megastars with a respectable number of casts? Um, I think the honest answer to that is: When you get there yourself, Max, you'll know. Um, yeah, or it's it feels like not being Max. <laughs> it, it feels uh, lovely the, the second day of an event when people actually recognize who you are. Um, I think I can sum, <laughs> sum it up quite nicely. Hashtag perfection. That's how it feels. Yeah. It's awesome. It's uh, it's 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 a number. It's a bit of fun. We're having a laugh with an episode, but it's been absolutely brilliant. Um, so yeah, um, and uh, also please push. The road to terror guys to release more episodes so we don't get questions like this. Yes, because we get the Max, feeling that hashtag, hashtag keep Max busy. Yeah, <laughs> keep Max busy. That's a good one actually. He's um, too busy producing trays though. He is. Yeah, he is producing. He is producing movement trays for heresy. Yeah, he is he's the tray man. He is. And um, the next one is uh, from Max as well and that is if a real Freddy doll falls into the woods and no one sees it is it still fit for purpose I'm not sure what a real Freddy doll is and the real question actually the real answer actually is they grow in the forest that's the natural habitat <laughs> so is it still fit for purpose it's I think it is it's never fit for purpose you know that well no, knowing how fucking you know, <laughs> the standards Max has Everything is fit for purpose. Yeah, but the 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 dolls are grown and they will be ready in about three or four years, and quite stiff and wooden. But well, they're 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 vat grown, and unless the chaos god spreads them across the universe, they should be (laughs) showing up in a place near you. Yeah. So. We're not going to answer. We, we've answered that one. If you could find the answer in there, um, do do we really want to give Max three questions in a row? Yeah, I'll go on then. Yeah, because then we can really get rid of all the Max questions. And the, the last one: Who on the cast is best friends with who, and who's the third wheel? We're a tri- we, we, we're a trifecta of awesome. There is no third wheel, except for another... one is always stuck behind the camera when the other two are showing off. Well, there is that too. Um, and, I am also you know, a 10th Legion player, so <laughs> I'm allowed to be no a bit comment. bitter. Just in general. Yeah. Excuse I me. Are no we going to measure? Are we going to lay our? Are we going to lay our bitterness out on the table and measure it with rulers? Are we? Are we? Fair enough. Well, let's bring it. your no, Legion let's, is let's, the one. Let's, uh, let's get Nicholas on board. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying your Legion, Jody, is the the one greater Legion. With the most loyalist members after the heresy. <coughs> Screw you, hippie. Um, because most of them enough, just then. decided that Petrov was a dick. Yeah, they were never true Iron, Iron Warriors anyway. Uh, they they probably went to join the. Better. I, and thank fuck I'm not drunk enough to give you heaps of low blows there, Joey, but. <laughs> uh. 
Fair enough. Um, so yeah, we we all love each other equally. We're a trifecta of awesome, and if, if nothing else, you're our third wheel, Max. Because yeah. somebody's cried. At least on recording, we're quite chummy and friends. When we're in the trailers backstage, well, f- we don't talk to fuck you guys. Yeah, we had to, we had to talk to Freddy, or at least send the PAs to talk to Freddy for two hours to get him out of his trailer. Yeah, I mean, there's this whole, there's this whole green, there's this whole purple M and M story in a, in a, you know, in a penis-shaped glass that just we can't go into. But it took hours to make happen just to get him out on stage for the end of Scandus. Uh, that, yeah, that's and I walk say. around there in the loincloths, used to talking to myself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there, yeah, I hope grabbing, that grabbing I hope the hill to my cock. But to be fair, that, that's that. just in general. That's just in general. Freddie, I hope that answers that. your question there, Max. I really do. Um, <laughs> so we've got uh, one from Jimmy, which is uh, we, we've again. This is one of the questions that we've we've already approached and answered. So, how has the heresy changed for good or bad since your first episode? Uh, I think it's changed for good uh, overall. Yeah, I don't know about you. Quite guys. a lot of quite long discussion about that. I think. It, just to give Jimmy his service, I think it's changed with good overall. Um, you know, and well, ha- I, I think I think to answer Jimmy's question, we can say, Jimmy, you were down on heresy. You almost gave it up. You came to Scandas. You borrowed some knights. You lost you all the knights. Night. Yeah, you lost all the knights. You <laughs> fucked that up, mate. You fucked that up. God, man, you killed my knights. I'll never forgive you. But, you know, the heresy blossomed in you. And you went to BSK. And now, now you can feel it growing, so you know what's going on. It's positive. It's all good. And the heresy is alive. And thank you for commissioning an Iron Hands army through him, because <laughs> you'll have you'll have, a, you'll have another army to play with. Yeah. And but just, there is, just uh, dear listeners, just to know, there is a rule from from the next episode on that there is no uh-huh. commission painting talk. Uh-huh, say that. The episode's going to be focusing on commission painters, just saying. Um, anyway, so next, what Jimmy does ask one question, though, is, is have net lists affected the game? Uh, not, uh, not until uh, Ryan's library is released into the public. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair point. <laughs> if Ryan's, Ryan's catalogue of army lists ever gets released to the public, that'll be it. To be fair, there's quite a lot of them, and all of them are viable and most, yeah. of them, most of them are just fluffy so uh, I, I have to say though that yes and no uh, I think the net lists and the net meta and people send like because being a member of both uh, Scandis loyalists and traders and the talk that went on before Scandis for example or any other events when, when I can see people talking lists and stuff in different group chats uh, you guys remind me to add you on to these uh, anyway, uh, I think that most people, they do like, oh, well, you have nothing. So the, the conversation, this is a typical conversation. Oh, I like your list. It looks fucking awesome. It's fluffy. But you do know you're lacking a lot in anti-tank. So if you swap out this unit to that, it, it will work so much better. It still be fluffy, but you won't be ruffle stump all the time. Or the second one would be, Oh fuck, Jesus Christ! Like, yeah, I think your your army is a little bit over the top. Like, if you want to tone it down, you can swap this unit to that unit, and it will and it will still retain the feel of the unit, but it won't be too fucking you know over the top, fucking uh, you know, dick, dicking your dicking balls in your opponent's face. Yeah. So I'm thinking it's actually done it 
run it as service. Yeah, I think that's so, I think that's fair. Also, I so if you if you go to the dark places of Sweden 40k forum, uh, it's not like oh you need to add these things and this is totally fucking broken. Add this and add all that and fucking spice it a bit with this and sprinkle some of these fucking cheese mongrels on there, and it will be like fucking all powerful ruffles or being yeah. Now now shoot Chris. I think the heresy community at large also are quite good at moderating what they're taking because a lot of the lists are quite similar just with their army flavor with the legal flavor on top of it and with a variety of niche armies that you can make here if you want to do some of the right to war or I want to focus on this particular boarding action force or this particular tank force or this particular assault force and you can do that without being overly powerful or fucked basically yeah i I was actually going to touch on something you said earlier chris which is actually going over what you've just said to be fair is that we that um you know very early on there was a degree of netlisting because there was um not netlisting per se but the same sort of lists showing up because pride was so so Pride of the Legion was such a, a heavily run list because a lot of people were getting used to their legions and starting to understand and then they sort of moved out and I think the heresy has grown to a point where and self-regulated like uh, like you were saying as well Freddie um, self-regulated to the point where that that doesn't happen it doesn't have the effect that it used to have um, because people have settled into it and realised that it's its own game it has its own way of playing uh, you know, and it's uh, it's definitely evolved from that. So I think, yeah, it's had a positive effect because it's actually gotten people to move past netlisting to a majority of the time. With that said, there are people that do, or there are armies that are slightly more powerful if you want them to be. Like, yes. uh, if you take a really hardcore Custodes list or a really hardcore Thousand Suns list or Space Wolf list, or basically you can do this with most of the Legion and <laughs> Legions or Mechanicum or do yeah. a heavy, throw, heavy levy army for militia that just swamps your opponents that you can't do anything after a while. Yeah. Take yeah. Magnus in the sun. See, I was going, oh, that's exactly where I was going. I was going. trying to work around I was trying to work around that, but Magnus and Segments in Summertalis isn't the right way to go. <laughs> no, yeah, but what, what I think... Pinnacle. What I think, if Jimmy wants to experience this, I think he, he needs to... I don't know if he plays 40k and he, and he, or get one of those Eldar Lari lists or whatever they call the Inari. Those yes. What? The Inari or Eldari? Which ones? Yeah, well, whatever. Fuck the... Space the Eldars. Elf. Yeah, the Space Elves. The Eldars. That they used to be the Elders, whatever they are now. Make a list of that and then put it on the fucking Sweden 30k ETC forum and get some fucking review from that. And then he makes his normal fucking uh, uh, Empress Children Army and then he put that on, you know, Sweden 30k and get some feedback. And then he, can you see the, the difference? Yeah. If he wants to, you know, have a laugh and giggles. Yeah. For shiz and giggles. Okay. It, it also helps with most heresy players actually being interested in the fluff around the, around the heresy. What what happened? 
and that also helps you build a list in general. If you want to build a fluffy, yeah. you usually build a good list for your legion. Yeah, and it's uh, it's such a it's it's been great because the the other, the other thing is that the the game itself, although it's not a miniatures game, it's a collective whatever bollocks. GW Forge World, the way that things have been written, thank you, Alan, and the writing team um, has been to actually drive those legion style lists with the rights of wars, for example. And uh, whilst those things can be very powerful, they very much um, set, they very much push the fluff side of it, I think, um, much more so than the standard, what was it, one, one, uh, one or two Spartans and a Land Raider pride lists that were up and around for a good year or more um, and around the time we started the podcast. Or the, the pure Legion Cybernetica Castellax lists that were basically unbeatable because you couldn't kill them. And that's, yeah, that was when uh, Castellax were still scoring and cost 85 points each instead of 105. <laughs> so, yuck, basically. Yeah. Um, okay, well then hopefully that's answered your question there, Jimmy. So, let, I want to move on to the next one and I would very much like to read the, the this one because it's really nice. It's come from our, our lovely friend JP from the Age of Darkness podcast and he says... Uh, it's a trap, yes. Uh, first off, <laughs> congratulations on reaching a momentous milestone. Thank you, good sir. Um, you guys do a great job with your faction-focused episodes. It's some of our favourite stuff to do, I would definitely say that. And uh, here comes the question. Just and one I, thing, I, I reckon he's incredibly biased because he's been on most of them. Yes, like. but we have no problem with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, JP's a good guy and you... He does brilliant voiceovers. Yeah. <laughs> um, so here comes here comes his first of first of two questions, and this is the easy one because the last one is very specific. Um, so, what non-presently ex uh, existing or extant faction or army would you most like to see introduced to 30k, and why? So, what would you like to see? And we're going to start with Chris. Hmm. Well, that depends on. Exactly how yeah. I'm put, well, I, I got a few options, that's why I'm thinking. That's the hard bit, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, non presently. So, would that mean that it couldn't be a mechanic infection? If they're not in the game. Because I'm just seeing how it's worded. That's the thing. Ladies and gentlemen, you can understand. Well, you, you, welcome to our rules, lawyer. It, it, it is, it is JP. I'm pretty sure you can pick what you want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go with what you want, bud. Well, it's uh, maybe not uh, a true army, but it's delve even deeper into the actual forces that were on Mars during the Mechanicum divide. Ooh. Maybe have uh, some of the assassin cults that they have, like have. A, it says it's Ocedonia and stuff like that, that uh, maybe reinforce that, or maybe have more information. It might just come, because they are probably going to do some something about Mars when they are doing the Soul System campaign. They basically have to. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the different armies, well, the one Dark Mechanicum that uh, were formed almost overnight by the Scrap Code release. So it's a really Dark Mechanicum that's just really twisted and uh, everything is changing and new and f basically 
fantastic and fabulous creations that are done overnight, as I said. And That's even, awesome. even the loyalist forces of like the Magma City and, and the, the Knight and the Titan Legion battles when they had all of their support forces. Because that would cur- be currently very cool. we only have two units and a character that are of the Titan Legion defenses. The, mm. the Secretariat. And actually having a separate Secretariat faction or a Secretari faction that are purposely built to work around the Titans. That would that would be really fun to see. Groovy. I like the sound of it. I genuinely like, maybe, I really like the sound maybe of it. Maybe you have like a Skitari command vehicles and the Skitari alphas and control nodes. Just work more on the Skitari ID and Skitari ID from the fluff that already exists in later books. Oh, very cool. So, Freddy, what about you, yeah. yourself, Freddy? Uh, well, I would love to see. Uh, I would love to see uh, sort of like an Imperial Navy army. So, like, you have the the ship's ratings, like those uh, kind of, not the Silver Rocks, but the actual fucking armsmen and shit. So you have, like, a proper kind of uh, Navy navy force. Yeah. So either, either it could be, like, a you know, a, a space so, station right. fucking defense force. Like, it's, imagine a planetary defense force, but, like, the ones that are posted so the or- on fucking... Orbital plates and stuff like that. Yeah, orbital plates, uh, Rem- Remilies, Star Forts, and so on. Maybe even uh, going into, perhaps, the road trader fleets. Yeah. Damn yeah, it. Because that, that, yes. that would also be, like, a, like a massive thing. Like, I, I would love to see... Well, I'd love to see, like, Navy personnel and Navy units. And I know Solar Ox is, like, a, a big thing there, but... Like, it would be really cool because they are not, like, the main force. And the militia, I don't think, fit do the justice because I, I imagine, like, sort of, like, levy squads all with shotguns and shit. But, yeah. Yeah, but there's a difference between uh, the Marines and the Navy armsmen. Yeah. To speak. So, I, I know there's stats for Navy armsmen in the ZM expansion, uh, free of Portugal. But, you know. I think like it would be cool to have like a, a small little army options for that. That would cool. uh, work really well in a solo war book as well, because there were a yeah. lot of uh, those kinds of battles. And 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 then like a, an, another easy one, like we have the militia, but the militia is the militia is is kind of like the cream of the crop. But there is no fucking planetary defense force list really, mm. where you can have like a where it would be a lot of levy focused with the fortifications, bastions, uh, kind of a big fucking mega anti, you know, I want, you know, like a surface to air or surface to space fucking defenses and shit and, you know, kind of weird complexes and shit. I've just got, uh, I don't know if you get the reference, but I've got the, this, this image of Spitfires in space. <laughs> yeah. Danny boy, calling Danny boy. This, this, come in, Danny boy. That would be brilliant. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it'd be cool, Freddie. I think it's shielded. You need to get yeah. down. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so you need to spit fights with lasers then. Basically, yes. Uh, no, I think it's sounds... a cool idea. 
Yeah, that sounds like a really cool idea. Also, also maybe oh. if you're doing, uh, what are they called? As we mentioned, with all the defenses and stuff like that. For, yeah, for like a planter defense force, maybe yeah. have some of the not currently not released in heresy second rate vehicles or transportation vehicles like the Kentaur and the Salamander. That would yeah. be fitting more for planter defense force. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. So, Jody. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm I'm gonna. Um... You actually named the one I was thinking of, but I'm going to throw a popularist one out there. I'd like to see squats. I'm sure I, I just some somehow I would like to see the squats involved somewhere. I really would. I'd like to see them do justice and have them in the in the narrative somewhere, even even as part of one of the forces that you've mentioned more than anything else. But a proper answer would be I'd like to see rogue trader fleets. I'd like to see some sort of army list for rogue trader fleets um, and the armies that could be put together by rogue traders because they were still in operation during the heresy. I've no surprise that... Um, they started they... operations quite a long bit before the heresy. So. Exactly, but I mean, they, it's not like they shut down and stopped doing stuff during the heresy. They were still out and about and, you know, it wouldn't surprise uh, I, I, I me. I reckon a few of them just got back and, well, wait, there's a war on? Yeah, <laughs> um, but I, I would I would like that because I think it could be a lot of fun to have uh, not sort of – from a narrative point of view, you could use them in lots of different ways. You could use them as a neutral or a, a neutral third party, for example, in campaigns. They'd make for interesting um, – interesting sort of uh, counterpoints to um, marine or guard armies because, you know, there's lots of potential uh, xenotech and stuff like that. And stuff xenos. That, you know, and Xenos, yeah, that would be... Because my, my, I was thinking, like, Megarachnids and stuff like that, but that's really quite specific. Um, yeah, and there's not so much, that, many of them around anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Tyranids weren't a thing, and so rather than shoehorn that in, I definitely, I would definitely say Rogue Trader Fleets, because I think you can have so much fun um, with vehicles and stuff like that alone, bringing some of the old vehicle, uh, vehicle creation rules... Uh, you know, make them super exotic, and the uh, modeling ideas are oh, so much fun. I reckon uh, bringing in the vehicle design rules in com- in conjunction with uh, mechanicum would be fun as well. In that case, yeah, definitely, definitely. That that would be that. It's not a faction, but that would be a fun mechanic to bring back into the games at some point and, as well. Uh, given that mechanicum, they already have a similar thing with the, the artillery tanks. But it would be fun to maybe just do whatever, basically. <laughs> yeah, just go go crazy, go nuts with with all that sort of stuff. Mm. It'll be a lot of fun. And just because people might think it at this point, listening to it, uh, we know that uh, both the PDF and uh, the Navy ratings and. A rogue trader fleet basically could be represented by the militia list or solid box list. That's not the point. <laughs> no, because there's so much, there's so much, um, there's just so much meat on the bones of those ideas that they would genuinely warrant their own, um, their own rule set and and everything. So they would be very much worth their time and effort. Um, yeah. if, I would love to see them. If nothing else, just. Uh... Like a 
don't have to be full army lists either. You could uh, just do use these units, use these units, like the first Mechanicum lists, basically, because they yeah the first Mechanicum list had well use tech marines as myrmidons. Oh. Huh. Fair enough. I'm I'm thinking more. Um, one thing that would be cool is, is sort of imagine like scattered legions, but you can have like uh, you you'll have. Uh, kind of units that you can put together, like you can have solar ops, you can have marines, you can have uh, uh, ratings, you can have some from militia. Yeah. And so, they, so, so the army list is like you, you have a bunch of different troop choices, not just pure militia, not just solar ops, it's not just marines, but it, it just depends, like, are you, are you building the crew of, a, you know, a, a space marine uh, defense station? Mm-hmm. You know, space marine space station, or are you doing like a human space station? Are you doing like a trade post? Or are you blah blah blah? And, you know, like three different layers, and and then you have troop choices like oh, it's a marine garrison, so you have access to like tactical squads or beaches or whatever, and you have access to, you know, arms ratings, mechanical guys that are supposed to handle the guns and shit. So, like sort of like scattered legions where you can actually cherry pick. Yeah. Yeah, that it's would like be an, fun. Like an army list that contains different units. Yeah, yeah. And that could represent, uh, well, in a campaign, uh, if nothing else, like uh, the defense of uh, some of the fleet port, uh, the fleet anchors, like Baka and uh, whatever the other one is called. They were basically oh, def- yeah. defend uh, the ship shipyards and uh, anchor ports. Oh, yeah. I know what you thought talking about i can't remember for the life of me sadly because those battles went on for ages yeah and they they would be sure to have really mixed units after a while or mixed armies after a while of forces yeah definitely i mean this is like i said there's just so much awesome stuff out there that could be done i mean i I would I, i would very much like to see it um, see what could be done with with all those options. Actually, that would be very very cool. Um, so, thank you for that question, there, JP. Um, now, here's the tough one. Here's the tough one that goes to the heart of every Swede that's listening and every hockey fan that's listening. Um, and those who don't know who we're talking about, well, it'd be an education if you go up and look up. Look up. Who is the best? Because not what is. JP, I'm going to have to correct your English on this. Who is the best Swedish hockey player not named Peter Forsberg? Now, we're going to go around the table. And we're going to get Freddy this time, I think. Yes. It's not fair. My answer is going to be the same as Jody. We already had this discussion. Well, so we could actually start with Jody because we never started. So you mean that Jody is going to say your kid? Uh That's true. Yeah, it's my son. He's the best hockey player. Well, I was going to brawler for sure. Yeah, I, well, then technically I could kind of say my daughter, but she hasn't been playing long enough to really count yet, so I'm not going to go that route. Um, so we're going to start. The, the most honourable mention, of course, is is, is Freddie's boy because he's he's awesome. Um, I'm I'm going to say Nick Lindstrom, Nicholas Lindstrom, because he's awesome um, and is probably one of the best Swedish players up there. I should probably mention King Henrik, seeing as I used to be a netminder. Or goalie in hockey, and you know goalies should be my thing. But no, Lindstrom was damn near the best player out there that that wasn't Forsberg. Um, 
in my humble opinion. Uh, what about you then, Chris? Well, I'm going to go for Matt Sundin, or Sudden. Just... <laughs> Everybody who knows who it is is Sundin, the captain. Yeah, and he was entering the Hall of Fame in 2012. Yeah, it's pretty awesome, and to be I fair. I reckon that uh, JP knows about him as well, given that he spent most of his career in Canada. Yeah. That's disgusting. What's disgusting? No, no, it, it's disgusting. That he spent yeah. most of his career in Canada. Well, yeah, he played with them and the Maple Leafs as well. Yeah, uh, the yeah. Quebec Nordics, uh, Maple Leafs, yeah, the, and the Canucks. So, yeah, but he's most well known as being being the the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, yeah, yeah. Yes, uh, so, Freddie, yes, uh, I've mentioned it was the first Swede that got that reached 500 goals in the NHL as well. See, it's uh, it's like you may have the stat list in front of you or something. Yeah, I might have. I just have to <laughs> yeah, have right. memory about it. But, uh, Google as fast as possible. No, Google. not. I know a bit, but I just uh, wanted to make sure because his 500 goal was also a hat trick. Oh, very nice. Good lord, you really do have your your stuff there. Um, so, Freddie, come, we'll, yeah. we'll come back to you. Um, obviously. Obviously, your lad is, is, is most definitely the, the honourable mention there. But uh, for an NHL player um, yeah. who has played the game, not yet to be in the NHL, because we know that's sorted. Not uh, yet to be like the, the star of fucking, uh, you know, the, the Boston's main player for the next uh, couple of decades. Exactly. Um, so, so who would you pick? Uh, Nicholas Lindstrom. You would? you go with old Nick as well? Yeah. Thank you so much. But we already we already argued about this before, so we did. It is that good. We just mentioned because that was one of the main reasons that we didn't record this yesterday. (laughs) We started. (laughs) Yeah, we we have discussed this quite heavily to begin with, (laughs) but that is a a rather awesome. uh, Awesome question there, JP. Right to the heart of the matter, straight into the hockey because that's that's where it's that's where the importance is. Um, so yeah, <laughs> awesome. So doesn't matter. It's Boston is the best team. It, 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 he can't change that. I'm sorry, JP. It, that's how it is. You claim that as much as you like. I'm a Devils fan, so I'm always going to be a New Jersey Devils fan. So there's not much I can do about that. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, anyway. No, it's not sad. They've won cups. They've won three of them. They've done pretty damn good. My hero played for them as well, so that's all right. I'm more than happy with that. I haven't played for them. Well, it might break your heart to find out that you might not be my hockey hero, Freddy. All around hero. (laughs) (laughs) So... Are there any more questions that we have to pick up on? Has anybody had any questions uh, no, there, before the census was compiled? There is one there question be... more in the document, isn't there? Is there? Where? There should be more questions. There's Where are they? More. I don't. See... There's one more. Well, do you want to tell me what that one more is? Because I'm missing that one. Well, this one is from Mark. Okay. And it's actually written. I written it down in sentiment. I got it. Okay. And that, that is why you hate custodes. Why do we hate custodes? Hey, why do you hate custodes? Why do you hate custodes, mate? <sighs> okay, who wants to take that one first? 
<sighs> just read the rule book and see why. <laughs> okay, they are a bit broken, Mark. Yeah. You know this to be true. You know this why you rocked up at fucking Adepticon last year and it's like, oh, Jesus, I'm fucking kicking balls and taking names while you play Custodes. Yeah, and I also go with, but I didn't take an optimized list, but it was still good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say because they polish their helmets more than, uh, even more than the Ultramarines do, which is why they're so shiny. But not as much as the third linion do. No, but that's, uh, yeah, well, that's true. Maybe they do, but maybe they're not using the same type of cloth. Maybe not, Maybe it's not the same helmet. Exactly. It could be all of those above things. Um. <laughs> well, for me, it's not only the rules. It's more that I don't really like some of the aesthetic choices that they've gone with, gone with when designing the miniatures. But that's just personal preference and nothing else. So, uh, that's a very fair reason. Yeah, the, ru- the, rules, reason. the rules are easier to just point that I don't like this. When you, when you say, I don't like this model because... And then it's all subjective, and then it is a mood. really not an argument anymore. Ah, fair yeah. point. Or a really, really nasty infected one. <laughs> definitely, no. Definitely, the infection is most definitely but uh, a higher potential. Yeah, that's for sure. But, so hey, I, I, I'm the opposite. I have nothing against the models. I love the models. I love the fluff. Uh, I love everything about custodes except how they. Have you looked at the Orion? I don't mind the Orion either. Uh, it's, it's, it's just it's how they handle... the Barracuda. <laughs> yeah. Well, they had to get their tech... The tower had to get their technology from somewhere, didn't they? That's think. true. No, but uh, it's not about that. It, it's... The, the rules are a bit fucking wonky. It, it, it's a bit over the top. And, and it's also an army that... Bluff-wise, I don't see... Outside the webway... Operating as an army. So I think... There should be some sort of an easy fix for this. Is either like what we do is like uh, the ranking people is that you can you're only allowed to take them as allies to a certain amount, or or the actual army you had to you couldn't just go full custodes. You had to take this as a silence unless you were playing like okay. Obviously, a narrative always always wins out if you do fucking prosper or whatever. Like narrative wins out, or if you have a story why why there is a custodes army that that is cool too. But I'm saying to make them more balanced, I think there needs to be some ratio where you can't just rock up with all custodes because unfortunately it's a bit too powerful. Yeah, uh, as I said earlier on in the episode, the the only real Achilles heel they have when when they are running a pure custodes list is playing an objectives game. Um, and even there, if they're playing, if you're playing an objectives game, be prepared to basically fight to the bitter end because those guys will will likely come at you and have a good chance of wiping you off the face of the earth before the end of the game. So uh, you know it's not the most uh, Achilles heel of Achilles heels, but it's it's a, it's something for sure. So uh, yeah, uh, I think that the army, the way they design it, I don't think it's it's thought to be outside of, like, certain narrative events to be, like, a standalone army. I think it's supposed to be, like, part of something. And if you know what I mean. That, uh, yeah. We're coming to the problem that they never gave them an allies chart. Yeah. 
so you know we'll have to see how that all works out yeah. um, when the new book drops and if not then when the new version of the Rangian um, FAQ might drop after that we'll see how that's if that's needed because you know we, have, we, we will do our bit for the community um, as we have done all the way along for sure yeah, um, you, you never know. So, are there any other things we want to talk about? Because there's a couple of things I'd like to I'd like to sort of shout out before we finish up. But I want to know if you guys have got any other questions we need to go over. No. Yes. Oh, no. Maybe. I, I think there there was a few other questions like how how do you get people into the heresy and how how no, like how we haven't would you got any more questions. Wait, sure. Yeah. Let's forget reading I, it. I wrote that, well, all of these are written down from. Easily enough to answer that one. Should anybody have any questions about how to get into the heresy, please go and listen to episode 49, because we did a a Heresy 101. If you have any interest in certain legions, go and have a look through our back catalogue. If you want to have a look at um, how to start off playing using plastic miniatures, go and have a look at one of our first few episodes. There's loads of stuff back there. We've got 50 episodes of the stuff for you to listen to. There you go. (laughs) <laughs> go back and listen to some of our old episodes you'll have a brilliant time I promise you that um, so I tell you what I'd like to do right now uh, this is more of a personal thing but uh, it does affect what we've been doing over the last year I'd like to actually put some shout outs and thank yous to um, some, some people who have been uh, really helpful to the podcast, to myself, to you know, everything we've been doing, and, and this is just a personal shout out. So, if I, if you do feel you've been missed, it's nothing personal. But there is a general thank you, first of all, to everyone who has helped us out in whatever way, shape, or form you've done it. Whether it be, um, you know, sending miniatures, getting involved in our events, giving us feedback, sending us content for the podcast, coming on the podcast. Uh, you know, even even shouting at us on, online has, has gotten us to do things better um, and, you know, all those sorts of things. There's lots of stuff that the community as a whole has been involved in. Uh, but I would like to give a shout out, first of all, to, uh, to Magnus, uh, the lovely Magnus, who was on our Dark Angels episode where I was sadly absent. Uh, I want to say thanks to him because Magnus has been an absolute legend um sort of started to get involved in working with freddie up in the up in stockholm making the uh making the events run smoothly he was a big part of getting set up for um for uh Scandus this year and it's been great having him as part of the heresy and because i got to take out his infiltrating glaive because that's just a brilliant thing that he let me do um so big thank you to to him to uh shout out to thanks to uh bjorn harvison who has Put me, uh, put me up at his place a couple of times now since uh, in coming up to Stockholm, which has again been absolutely awesome. Made it possible for me to be at events, and uh, has generally busted my balls over my Iron Warriors list more more often than not, and made me uh, want to basically find a way to ruffle stump his ultramarines. So uh, thank you for that, buddy. Uh, who else was there? Um, now, Freddie, this one might be for you, yeah. but I want to say thank you to Johan. Um, at the OSS Club, uh, Johan, who has been a stalwart of our of our events up up in Stockholm, acting as barman, general, you know, organizer, and you know, keep keeping things running on uh, behind the scenes as well. Um, although not a direct heresy player, Johan's been a brilliant guy. And he was part of our uh, filthy first and only who came to the uh, the MKA course as well, which was absolutely awesome. Um, and it's really really nice. He's a lovely bloke. He's an absolutely sound guy. 
Um, and then the last one goes out to my travel buddy, uh, the guy who keeps me awake on long car journeys as I'm driving up to Stockholm, and uh, who's been an absolute dude and great fun to uh, talk heresy with. And that's been uh, that's uh, my friend Big Mac Frederick. Uh, you know who you are, Death Guard player, absolutely all round nice guy, rocks rocks a mohawk very nicely, and uh, yeah. Keep, keep, like I said, keeps me well well stocked up on sugary drinks as I drive, which is a, a good and bad thing. So, um, yeah. I don't know if there's anything you guys want to say, th- uh, anyone you want to shout out, um, but that was just a personal list for myself. I wanted to say thank you for the for the help over the past uh, sort of 18 months while we've been doing stuff. So, do either of you want to add anything to that? Well, I think you so you know, elegant. Uh, you already thanked everyone. But, you know, the, the, yeah, I think so. Well, the thing I want to thank is just uh, basically all the listeners that yeah. keep up with our crap, everyone that comes to our events and keep up with that crap, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and everyone that, you know, keeps in try, touch, send, our, send us fucking weird messages and whatnot, and everyone that posts shits on our Facebook page, everyone that, you know, takes that little time and effort to reach out and make the community like a bigger, better place. And I want to thank everyone that donated for raffle. That's fucking awesome. And I want to thank everyone that actually got involved in the raffle and shouted it out and passed it on to their friends, which was also fucking awesome. Yep. And that that's about it. It's like, uh, you know. Chris, anything from you, buddy? Well, none that hasn't really been mentioned. <laughs> we, we've stolen it all. Like, we have taken well, a lot. I'm going to do like this. I'm going to specifically thank, thank um, Marie and Pontus for the peach-flavored cider and the shot of Jaeger I got at uh, Scandis. Nice. Given how much I've Ooh. eaten that day, it really fucked me up. That amount of <laughs> you were a, a super cheap out. date at that point, were you? I was a really cheap date. I'm a, I, these days, I'm a cheap date in general because I generally don't drink. But eh. you're an especially cheap date at that point. Yeah. <laughs> when ni- nice people offer, can't really say no. No, that's very true. They're both awesome people. So big up on that one. Yeah. Well, and that then... in general, with all of the other people that put pushed us this far, that we been able to do 50 episodes and that we're be, we're getting the energy to do a really really nice event series next year yeah here's to another 50 more episodes or for however long we put up with each other uh, yeah. as best we can <laughs> well, well it has to be another 50 you're fucking fully booked for next year that's true. We're probably booked through 2019. We just don't even know it yet. Um, <laughs> so um, I think with, with, if there's nothing else to add, what I'm going to say is, again, thanks to everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for putting up with us for these 50 episodes and the, those that are to come. And with that, we're going to bop on out to a lovely piece of music. Uh, chosen, it's going to be one of the Beards tunes. Uh, because we, we've we've known what love is, and now you need to understand what a beard is all about. Um, so we will be back with our wrap up, uh, which is looking forward to 2018 and all the events that are coming. Uh, so we'll be right back after this beard related tune. <laughs> It's quite impressive It's sending you a message I'm gonna make your hairy dreams come true My beard You know you want it 
Now, baby, it's time to get on it. Girl, don't be afraid, cause I am bringing my beard to you. Don't be shy My beard Just breathe it in Put your mouth on my chin Baby, just relax Reach out your hand And put it deep inside You don't have to be scared Just touch it, baby, yeah I'm a facial hair Just put your hand right there There's magic in the air Oh, darling, yeah You really want to touch it For reasons you can't understand You want it so much So, baby, just reach to uh, Doug for the heads up on the beards there um, as that that was uh, a very well chosen track um, so time for the wrap up we've, we've just been nostalgic and, and talked about the last 
50 episodes, well, 49 and this episode. Um, and now it's time to start looking forward and what, what we're going to be doing or what we're going to be seeing as far as events are concerned. Starting, I mean, literally, we are starting with events in January of next year. So let's start off. Chris, you got the list in front of you there? Yep. Let's start off. Why don't you take the first event, buddy, and tell us all about the first event? That's just because you can't pronounce. (laughs) I can pronounce Vekwa. No, you can't. Well, I can try. It's better than Buros, which I really fuck up. (laughs) So. But this is the the Mega Dirty Horus Heresy Mega Battle on January 5 and 6. On the 5th and 6th of January, if you want to put it like that, which is quite more properly. And it's in Vekwe, as we mentioned. And uh, the link is in the show notes, because this is... They, for some reason, still have uh, mixed English and Swedish in the information, but it's basically a horse series, a mega battle, so you can guess from that what this actually is. All types of crazy, all types of apocalypse kind of nut-jobby stuff. Hopefully. Um, I hope so, and... Uh... I think Dan, Daniel Stenot, a good friend of ours from the MKA course, uh, the, one of the filthy first and only, he's, uh, he's actually sort of the point man on this, I believe. Um, but, you know, the Dirty K guys are going to have a lot of fun putting this event on, so I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes. I, I sadly won't be able to make it myself because I have my kids that weekend, um, so I won't be in event in, in presence playing the event. But, you know, trip to Vecqua. Uh, or whatever you want to yeah. pronounce it, because I'll keep fucking it up until I get it wrong. Um, and I, I just found out I'm going to be in Vekre the week before Christmas, so I'm going to fucking, for work, so I'm going to demand some fucking heresy nights. Oh, I'm sure I'm sure Daniel will be able to sort that out for you, but what the hell are you doing there? For? I don't even think we're allowed to know what you're doing there for work, are we? Um, okay, fair enough. He's <laughs> not that eliminating the one we just talked about. Third, fifth column insurgents? Um, I'm eliminating potential fucking heresy... Uh, heresy event know, rivals. Sp- splinter splinter <laughs> communities. Yeah, the, the uh, we're having fun event communities. That sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. Exactly. Um, next up, we have um, our next event, which uh, Freddie can tell us about, because it's the Assaulton Amorion. Is that right, Chris? Or am I, have I screwed that one up as well? Yeah, let's let like fly that. for that one. Yeah, the sort of sort of Morian, uh, and that is Lincoln. So, Freddie, do you want to tell us about the, the Lincoln event? Uh, that is going to be a one thousand five hundred points uh, Raiders Force Orgs event. We're going to run the Centurion rules. So basically, it's going to focus on infantry and walkers. And it is not only going to be the Raiders; it's also going to be the Garrison list because yeah, no, defense uh, as well. That is yep. correct. Thank you for that, Chris. And also, I haven't put it into rules, but no fucking quad models with Phosphex. Don't Aww. be that guy. Don't to be, be that guy. To be fair, all... I haven't played with Phosphex all year. I want to be that guy. Come on. Story-wise, part of the battles will take part on space station, so might not be the best place for... <laughs> I don't know. It could be hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, it could be fun. Uh, accidentally throwing phosphorus at the wall and it eats through the wall and vents the entire space station. Random effects, man. Come on, that's got to that's got to count. <laughs> this will be same as last time at Lincoln, basically. Yep. yep. So it's going to be the Christy Himmelfords uh, weekend down in Linköping University, and it's going to be a one-day event, four rounds. 
It's going to be fucking awesome. It's going to be sextacular. And that's the 9th to the 13th of May. Yeah, and, and maybe it's time that we shout out our event series sponsors. Maybe you want to do that, Jody. I, I think we'll start with those. You, you can catch me up on the ones that I miss out because it's quite possible yeah, that yeah. I might miss I'll, you. Talk is with Dick and Hand. Yeah, Go. well... <sighs> Well, first things first, there is a, an event up on Facebook for it, which is linked in the show notes. Got to mention that. And we More have... information to come. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we have our event sponsors, which are Game Map EU, um, who are sponsoring us for our second year running um, with uh, the their fantastic mats and pre-painted terrain, which is rather awesome. Uh, we have Alpha Spell, who are supporting us uh, with prize support. Again, they're on with, on board with us for a second year, which is absolutely awesome. Uh, we're also having uh, prize support by myself, uh, painting chap. I'll be supporting the um, well, the wood. We haven't decided which award it will be, but uh, I will be painting up a prize for one of the awards as uh, as as my way of supporting the event. Uh, and there may be some other stuff related to that as well. We all know uh, which which uh, awards are the most important ones. Usually exactly. won by Morton, Niklas, or Max. Yeah, so basically, I, I will be painting up a resin spoon to look wooden. Um, <laughs> or a wooden spoon to look resin. Mm, hey, we'll I, I feel like I'm skilled to go either way, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, freehand, miss... uh, freehand a wooden spoon. Yeah, I'll freehand the wood grain and everything. Did I, did I miss any uh, current uh, sponsors there, Freddie? Uh, not really. Not really? Not, not currently. There's a couple in the woodworks, but uh, more as we approach the next year. Fantastic. Uh, next up, we have the London Heresy 2018, which is part of the London 40K Grand Tournament, I believe. Is that right, Chris? Well, the London Tournament, because there's more than just 40K. I see, I'm just looking at the Facebook link here, and it's listed as London 40K GT on Facebook. So that, that might be just... a. Uh, where the information is held more than anything else. But it's a grand tournament, and I believe Greg Dan is running that one again this year? Yep. And I think uh, he's got some of the, well, his usual support stuff, and uh, there might uh, be some visitations from the Warhammer community team like it was last year, I think. I think they're also going to get some visitations by the Danish community as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So which that, I don't know if that's, that's a plus or a minus, but... That's you know, probably the end of plus. Them. Yeah, that's probably the end of it. <laughs> the Danes are invading. Yeah, we, we all know what happen, usually happens when Danes invade the UK. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we improve our language, and um, you know, our beer women disappear. So yeah, and the monasteries get raided and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, the, the, the Danes are coming. So beware. Lock, um, lock then, everything up. Exactly, especially your daughters, right, Eric? Um, then we have our next event, which is the second event in our uh, 2018 event series, and which is the Fields of Megara, and or Megara. I need to make you... more com complicated words for you to. Really, I'm trying my best. You're just trying to fuck me over. It's fine. Uh, and that's on the second to the third of June, and that's being held up in the up in Solentuna at our regular event uh, location. Uh, thanks to Freddie and the the guys up there. And this is going to be our Armored Warfare event. Oh, yeah. Now, oh, yeah, baby. For now we all have all the Treadheads out there. All the Treadheads. All, all, all the diesel junkies 
everybody who, who wants to come and try something different. We already are, we're already working on version one or one point four of the the armored warfare rules are out at the moment, and you can get them from us. Uh, there, they should be available via our, our Facebook page, or at least you can always drop us a message or an email, and we can sort those out for you. Um, if you actually look at our Facebook page, you'll be able to look at our videos and see a playthrough game that Freddy, Magnus, and Pele. Was it Pele? Yep. Uh, yeah, I think it was it's like two weeks And I actually ago. have uh, another game on uh, USB stick that I was supposed to give to Chris to. Awesome. So there's even more, more, uh, more of that coming up. Uh, so that is going to be an event with its own, well, with the with its own restrictions, its own fun, um, and that will be again more details to come. But the event is already up on Facebook, so you can show your interest. Um, Chris, we've got our next event, which is. Uh, do you have some information on this one? The taking of the taking of Eric. You mean that one? That's I'm actually going to play the same clip that we did last week, or well, last episode, so to get get it straight from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Here we go then, here comes the clip. The lines are drawn, sides taken. The drums of war hum with malice and rage. And now, the eyes of both the traitor and loyalist rest upon the Ferex system. None shall yield, so who shall stand victorious? Choose your side and cast your die. Join us for the taking of Ferex, Act 1, Hubris. The taking of Ferex is a narrative-driven 30k event track coinciding with the 2018 Flying Monkeys GT in Wichita, Kansas. Players will face off in a loyalist versus traitor narrative as the warring sides attempt to secure a foothold in the Ferex system. The event will span five rounds over two days. Zone Mortalis tables will be available both days for any players who wish to test their mettle in smaller scale skirmishes. For more information, please go to flyingmonkeycon.com or search us on Facebook at Ferex30k. Yep, yeah, clip, and there we go. That is the sound back. Which, again, just to say now, if you got, if anybody out there is listening to this and said, "Hey, I'd like to promote my event," do that. Just record, or if you can't record, get in touch. We can always help you with that. A little sound bait of your event, and we can cut it in and share the link via our show notes as well. So that's absolutely fantastic. Also, if you want to just come on, we was mentioning it here, and talk oh, yeah. about your event, send us a message because you yeah. don't have to be on for an entire episode if you don't want to. But we'd love to do that. We would actually like some more listeners to come on and do some listener episodes. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, next up is the one, two, third event in the Branching Heresy event series, and this is a our hobby event, our big hobby event of the of the summer. And it's so is, big; it's actually even called a hobby event. <laughs> it is, and it's 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 not even a hobby weekend because it's a hobby camp. Um, Freddie, it do is, you want to tell everybody? It's just full of camp hobby. It's so well, camp. Um, do you want to tell everybody about the event, buddy? All your hobbies belong to us. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, no, it's uh, basically it's a familiar concept for people that went to our, well, this year would be, right? Yep. I'm not living in the future 
We're, we're a days of future past or something crazy oh, like that yeah. already. So it's going to be, it is going to be a hobby focus camp. So it's going to be uh, basically we have our good friends from Cult of Paint. Cult of Paint. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What? Am I supposed to shout this out? I was agreeing with you for God's sake. Get on with it. <laughs> Yes, I, I stuck my thumb into this name of us and I can't get it to look. Right. Anyway, <laughs> calls of pain. Cool. Back on track. Yep. It's going to be our hobby camp. It's a five-day camp. Uh, it's going to be held in Stockholm in our fucking awesome venue in Hegvik. Uh, and it's going to be basically a two-day camp on how to paint everything redhead. So tanks. Then it's going to be like one mega day of just all that hobby extravaganza. And that's going to be, no way, yeah, and two days of infantry. That's so right. So all your fucking boots to the ground sort of stuff. Yep. And it's going to be our great friends, Andy and Henry, that's going to come over and teach us how to be fucking extra paint, ex, uh, painting extraordinaire. Or like paint, painting wizards. Painters. Painters. Yep. We're yeah. going to learn to how to handle our brush and, our, and other tools in in a professionalish manner. Yeah. And then there will be drinking and belly dancing and barbecue as well. You had to mention the fucking belly dancing, didn't you? Every time you I do, I washed it out of your memory. It ain't going to happen. It's burnt no. in there. <laughs> well, you. Yeah. You, will, you will get more. Yeah. That's Henry Steele and Andy Wardle, for those who don't know who the gentleman we're talking yeah. about. And uh, we're already working on the details of the event. We had a, a quick conversation with Henry beforehand, and uh, we're very much looking forward to be working with Cult of Paint and uh, go, you know, putting this all together for, for you guys. And uh, it's going to be such an awesome event. You guys are going to have so much fun. We had such a great time doing uh, a course, the course this year, and these guys bringing their, their version of it. Uh, it's going to be so much fun. I can't yeah, wait. Even if it's just like fucking half as fun as we had this year, uh, it's still worth it. It's, it's going to be like a quarter of fun. A quarter of the fun, and it, just, it still wouldn't be legal. Um, and we, we're going to have, i tell you one thing, there will be the usual, uh, there will be a lot of hobby, there will be um, a lot of stuff from us as hosts. Uh, we'll look for doing fun stuff like live recordings for the podcast, um, quiz night maybe, speed painting competitions, who knows, we'll be having fun, and then there will be Halfway through, uh, in the middle day of the course, there will be a break as we have some gaming fun um, as part, part of it as well. So we can all let our hair down or up or wherever it might be and really just enjoy um, the hobby we've done. And I think we, we've already talked about a demolition derby kind of thing, maybe, when it comes to the um, to uh, the guys doing the tank courses. We're also cons- thinking of actually balancing it and not having one person bring a fell blade yeah well you will ruin my bloody fun so I mean there's not much I can do about it but, well you have yeah. to paint it at the course if you want to use it I, I will do that <laughs> <laughs> I will finish it as well um, but no it's a, it's a lot it's, it's going to be a lot of fun we'll have a great time with that event yeah and uh, more details about that to come as well when it's finalised but you know the event location and uh, you know what's about to happen at the event, yep. so yeah, and we'll you be, know the dates. Yeah, and we'll be dropping it like it's hot as soon as we can. So be be ready, keep listening to the pod, and we'll keep you up to date as we go along for that one. Now, the next one, and uh, Chris, I'm going to give this one to you because I will screw this up somehow. 
So, would you like to pronounce the name of our next event? Uh, Trebison, the Forges of Chaldea, and I'm using the English pronunciation and not the ancient Greek one. That's very useful because I, I, my ancient Greek sucks worse than my English. Yeah, it's, um, I, I reckon it's about as good as mine. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, and this is this is our sort of late summer event, uh, which we are still working on because there there are plans afoot to try and uh, make something that's just going to be a, a massive event for the community. We hope, uh, and this will be our, our more sort of I don't want to say traditional, but it, it's more of a, a standard format event with with an aim at least as we're talking well, about it right now compared to the other events it's, it's quite standard it will be yeah. a force arc it will be yeah it'll be it'll be a quite force straight and narrow yeah uh, st- set. You, you won't have any made up rules well let's not promise what we probably can't deliver Let, let's be honest there will be some shenanigans but it's yeah. not an event based around them as, uh, uh, as I said compared to what we well, compared to other events yeah. So with with the if you think about this in the story of the the event series, we've had the first event, which is the the initial assaults and landings. You've had the big tank warfare. Now you have the mass land grab and the tactical the the ta- big tactical objectives being pushed for um, before we move on to the big event. Now and well, we'll... the fact that you have to secure the forges to procure all the war material you need for the next event. Exactly. Now, we don't have any further details at the moment. Like we said, it's in negotiation. We are trying to work it out, but we're very much looking forward to dropping some details to you guys as soon as we have them. And well, then we're, we're hoping this to be a pan-Scandinavian event. So. This is true. We do. We, we There are works to make this a, a pan-Scandinavian for everybody, you know, a, 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 the best event we can. Let's put it like that, because until, that, until we know what we're doing, we don't want to give away, uh, give out too much information. Um, and as we've said... Quite a lot of times, we we do have a plan to have at least one event special close in the future when everything is settled, so we can update everyone on it and uh, bring forth most of the story that we can do that is is not contingent on uh, the story. So that people can actually hear what the goddamn event pack is because no bugger reads them. (laughs) So there's that. We're gonna we're gonna give people a chance to get to the event packs, and then it's up to them if they want to read them or not. Is true, and then we've got the last event in our event, our event series as it stands. Because God knows we do have a habit of putting events together in the back of a card, don't we, Freddie? Um, we sure do. We sure do. Yeah. Um, and this is the Siege of Byzantia, and this is our Scandus event for the for the 2018 series, and that's on the, the motherload. The the big big event. The gloves are off. The fun, the fun begins, and this is the 6th to the 7th of October 2018. And alone in the name, it should give you an idea of what sort of event it's going to be. There's going to be a shit ton of mega crazy stuff going on at this one. Yep, um, it's a 1,000 points on Mortalis game for an entire weekend. Yep, that's all it is. You're just going to be constantly respawning your own Mortalis yep. list. You, don't, dodge, you, you even have that uh, unending horde rule that the Tyranids had in the, the first Apocalypse book. Yep. That's the one, but you've got to you got to, you you have to put the models off to one side and bring on new models. So you you need to work out roughly how many thousands of points of you know fifteen hundred point lists you're going to need, or a thousand <laughs> point lists, I should say. But as we're talking complete shit right now, and you guys very much know that um, it's going to be an awesome event. It's going to be all types of crazy. We're going to have great fun. It's going to be the culmination of the year's uh, narrative. So 
I cannot wait for this stuff to go down. It's going to be so much don't, fun. Don't you want to give any teasers? Well, do you want to give some teasers? Because this is this is the the big scandal. It is your very much your big ba- your baby. There's a big well, fucking it? wall planned for the event. If you yeah. want to know, it's, it's <laughs> extreme. Imagine Berlin like in the late 60s. No, but it is going to be the event to end all events. It's going to be fucking madness in its uh, like Chris, Chris's awesome background. It's going to be the siege to end all sieges. The fucking, oh, yes. you know. It's going to be the event to decide the fate of the planet, basically. And, yeah. and also, we as we fondly look back on uh, you know the memories of all the awesome times we had with the night joust will kindly put that aside because now we escalate things. Now we take it to the next level. Now it's time to bring out the Titan joust. And more because, to follow on that. Because that's because, how we roll. That's how we roll. But if you have read the book uh, Titanicus in the Sabbath World Crusade series, or if you have read uh, what's called. Yeah, well, it's a called Mechanicum. Yeah. Or a series series. Yeah. And you know what a, what a Titan battle might look like. But we don't really have a city to submerge in lava, do, do we? Not yet. <laughs> or do we? Oh, yeah, or do we? We, we, we? We're not promising anything and we're not denying anything either. Yeah. Because but, there's almost a uh, year to that event. We've yeah, got time but if, for if, anything. If you do bring Titans, you, <laughs> might, you have to be... Prepared, prepared to lose to... them in lava? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we'll get anybody there. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh, going to be... Joke uh, aside, a we, event. everything will be escalated for next year's uh, Scandus event. Okay. Yeah. If you thought 3,500 points were a lot of points... <laughs> Wait for good, it. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, congrats. Wait for this year. <laughs> Wait for this series. Um, so we that, might, that... Should we mention anything about Scandus crowd? Yeah. I, I want. Well, do we? Shall we? Should we just mention that there's, there's going to be a wall, and yeah. it's going to be it's going to be the greatest wall ever, and it'll keep them out and us in. Yeah, and, and uh, probably the traitors will be on the outside of the wall trying to get in. Well, you say that. We'll have to see. We'll have to see how the uh, narrative goes. No, that's fixed. Oh, is it now? Yeah. Fine. Brilliant. And it's time to bring the big guns. Exactly. What, we can't really have a siege without the best besieging legion on the outside, can we? No. What about... Oh, see, now, here's the thing. I'm just looking through Book 7. What about a Warlord Sinister Side Titan? That should be there. That could be fun. Yeah, build one. How about, how about five of them? Pardon? How about five of them? That that would be epic. Wait a second. It would literally be a game of epic. <laughs> or Scandus the Siege of Byzantium. So Scandus becomes epic in twenty eight mil square. Ooh. We're just gonna put the mats on the floor. <laughs> you mean? Yeah. <laughs> we, well, the whole issue is with tables. It's not gonna be an issue anymore. Which is true. You just uh, need to put down a new mat on the floor. Just an entire. Try to get someone to print a wall-to-wall carpet with uh, streets on it. We talked game at EU. I think they might be up to the challenge. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. But uh... but that's that's the event series. That's the, yeah. that is everything. That's what we have so far. So, in that case, if you want your event shouted out, if you want to provide us with a sound clip. 
please do. If you've got something going on, if you're running a course, if you're running anything that can and will improve the community as a whole, please get in touch. If you're starting something new and want to reach out to new players and, and let them know you're there, please tell us. We want to be able to shout it out on our show here and make something for you guys because that is really what we're about. We're about making sure that every community gets this exposure and we have that we can deliver the best podcast to help you guys do. So I'm going to say, guys, is there anything from either of you before we wrap this one up? No, and I'm just going to say that uh, tonight we will have a special outro, actually. And remember, kids, tune in next week. Same Lex time, same Lex channel. Everybody,